This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features that you will find there. Freetalklive.com. Here tonight, it's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. Once again, 855-450-FREE. Of course, uh, plenty of stuff in the news to talk about. We still haven't talked about the mobile strip club uh, that Hustler has been... uh, (laughs) I guess traveling about the streets of San Francisco, that's still uh, in the, the, the prep pile here tonight. Of course, you can also bring up anything you want, 855-450-FREE. And there's also some emails, I think, that are worth uh, sharing this evening. So we'll start there. This one is in regards to The Hunger Games. It's from Adam. And we talked uh, now. have either of you seen The Hunger Games? I have not yet, but I've heard things. Mark? Is it on DVD? No. Okay. Well, then I might catch it then. I see. Well, you see some movies in the theater. I know you're going to go see the Avengers. You're yes. really jazzed about oh, Hunger, that. Hunger Games. Hunger Games is made by Marvel. Nope. Oh, nope. Do sorry. you only go see Marvel movies? It's in pretty the, much the, the case. Uh, so no DC, just Marvel. I did see the Batman one with uh, that fellow that's dead in it. Yeah, yeah. Heath Ledger. Yeah. That is that Heath Ledger. Okay, yes. great. I thought that was a good movie. It was a fine movie. Okay. Well, anyway, so uh, so I went and saw it because of all the buzz that was surrounding it. You know, the Liberty community was pretty excited about this Hunger Games film, and you know, it. Uh, it I thought it, it it had something to be desired. Uh, it, it lacked something, and I, I, apparently, I was right. I have never read the book, um, and there were more themes of of a freedom orientation, I suppose, in the book. Then ended up in the movie. So I understand. Now, ostensibly, in which makes books, me feel somewhat, uh, you know, uh, you know, happy that I, I didn't go see the movie. Yeah, uh, I, I could have waited for the DVD after having seen it. That was my first thought. Was eh, I didn't really need to see this in the theaters uh, because it actually is a pretty long film. It's one of those films where you probably are going to have to get up and go to the bathroom at uh, at some point. And I hate it. I hate having to go to the bathroom during a, <laughs> during a, <laughs> a movie because you never know what you're going to miss. Um, Bring a diaper. And, <laughs> I don't hate it that much. Uh, and so we talked about it on the air and how this – what did I miss? What, what was it that was so enthralling about this book as far as a, the Liberty community was really jazzed about this movie coming out? What was it that was so enthralling about it that uh, made everybody want to go see it? Because I just didn't see that in the first film. Now, ostensibly in the second and third films, I guess things get pretty radical. There's like an overthrow of the government or something like that. I, I Honestly, I have no idea. But I've heard that things get much more liberty-oriented in the second and third books, which probably would be harder for them to ignore in the uh, the third firm, film. And who knows – or the second or third films. And who knows how much they had to cut for time. Again, it was a pretty Always. long film. So there's that, too. Uh, Adam writes in, Adam from uh, New York City. We've uh, met this gentleman oh, on, our, yeah. on our trips there. He says, I listen. There's probably more than one Adam in New York City, but I know this one. This is the one Adam that we know in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to the archives, he says, from last week where you guys were discussing the Hunger Games. If you're looking for those strong liberty messages, which I also look for, the book nailed it much better than the movie did. The history and dynamics of Panem, which is the nation in the film, are explored much deeper. How there was a rebellion a while back, but now the government uses the Hunger Games as a reminder that they can effectively do anything they want to the people in the districts, and how Catrice goes hunting in the woods, which is illegal, and sells to local politicians in the black market, about how the Hunger Games system is designed to victimize the poor, in that you can add your name to the basket additional times in exchange for food. 
how they keep communication between the districts to a minimum in order to get them to hate each other more easily. Yeah, that didn't, I didn't see that in the, the film at all. A couple of these things were touched on in the film. And a variety of other details, he says, were included in the book. Obviously, some things had to be cut for the Sounds film. Sounds like travel has been restricted, too, which is something that I'm seeing more and more um, around the world is that, uh, you know, with the, the United States trying to make it so that nobody can dodge their little taxes and all mm-hmm. that stuff and uh, their, dr- their, their global drug war, they just make have made it and then enforcing this on other nations, making it so, hey, you know, you want the foreign aid? Well, you're going to need to enforce this, this and this. It's just gotten much, much harder to cross across borders in the last three decades. Adam says uh, at the also the moment when Catrice volunteered at the very beginning and they said, let's hear it for our volunteer. And the crowd was dead silent in the movie. It was just kind of a shocking moment, almost humorous. But in the book, they explain that it was the people being defiant in the only way that they knew how. And that is by not cheering. I could go on and on, says Adam, but my point is that it's worth reading. The book is incredibly short, and you can polish it off in a week. The movie did a good job with the story, but is much more enjoyable if you have read the book as I did, partly because I knew what certain character motivations were that were not apparent on screen, etc. says, I'm looking forward to the liberty-oriented messages of the second and third books and movies. The voracious manner with which people are consuming this content is very exciting for me, from Adam. So I thought that was an interesting, you know, uh, glimpse into what perhaps we've missed. Uh, those of us who uh, have not read the book of The Hunger Games and who have seen this film, and a lot of people have seen the films, uh, huge blockbuster hit. Uh, this movie was uh, right out oh, its yeah. first weekend out, set box office records uh, for the most grossing film that was not a sequel uh, that to ever have been released uh, in their first weekend, which is a pretty big deal. And so, great. I'm also glad that people are getting messages like this through the media. How much of it is going to translate to them as far as, you know, uh, making them aware of what's happening around them as similarities, you know, parallels between the real world and this fictional world? How valuable these themes are? I don't really know. I mean, you know, look at The Matrix, for instance, a huge eye-opening film where it's a real... You know, unplug yourself kind of moment watching The Matrix. If uh, have the two of you seen The Matrix? <laughs> of course, I've seen okay. The Matrix. Just Ian. making sure. Pretty funny. <laughs> uh, so it's a pretty Im- important film, I think. And uh, but you know, has anything really changed because of The Matrix? Well, How can you calculate that? I don't think you can calculate it, but I do believe that over time, entertainment seems to be getting more individualized and. Less, uh, you know, focused on uh, the government and statist kind of um, in in the way that they deliver things. Is that true, or is that only the way you're perceiving things because of your view of reality now? Because, for instance, there was uh, just a few months ago a movie came out called Act of Valor. Remember hearing about that? Yes, I did. Yeah. Uh, so it didn't do near as well as The Hunger Games. In fact, I don't know how well. I don't think it did very well at all. But, I heard it flopped. But. Uh, thank goodness. But it still made, you know, there were still some millions of dollars that were, were poured into it by customers who went to see it. And this was basically a movie that existed to glorify the military. And you get movies like Transformers, which uh, Michael Bay is the director, and they want to get the military involved. So they have to basically fillet the military in the film. Uh, and so there's plenty of, there's, I, in my, from my perspective, I think there's still plenty of movies out there that have very pro-military, pro 
government I think there's uh, plenty. Themes. I just think there's more um, coming out now that has this more individualistic aspect to it. Um, you know, the, so Act of Valor, essentially, the government had to fund this thing. This is a uh, this is an infomercial for the, the military industrial complex, whereas in the 80s, you know, Top Gun was one of the best grossing movies of, uh, you know, of, of the decade. And yeah. they did that on their own. In retrospect, Top Gun is incredibly lame. I, I've watched it again, and I like seeing the planes. <laughs> and the uh, Maverick character has some cool moments. But otherwise, it's intolerable to you. Yeah, uh, it's intolerable to me anyway. Yeah. So, Nemi, do you agree with Mark's uh, assertion that movies are more focused on individualism these days or, or maybe some anti-authoritarian themes? I don't know. Well... Yes, on the anti-authoritarian themes, but I think The Matrix was certainly targeted toward the geek community. I also think when it comes to The Matrix, that The Matrix has such this this uh, this universal message that can be used by anyone for any thing uh you know which is good art by the way when different people can interpret it different ways christians use it in order to explain the uh, powers and principalities and rulers and heavenly places that in fact run this world um and you know i'm telling you that's exactly the sort of things that get said you know people will use it of you know all different religious stripes or belief structures in order to describe the you know the things the things that are going on beneath the surface and you know, so it's it's certainly not. Although, as I understand, the, uh, the the directors there are somewhat libertarian. I don't know that it's necessarily a libertarian movie. Coming back with more Free Talk Live. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at WeUseCoins.com. But if you already have some bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at SpendBitcoins.com. When you spend bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want. 855-450-FREE is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features on the site there. Uh, We give them to you. And those features include the Shrine of Female Listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing their listeners of this program. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com to see that, and you can become part of the Shrine if you are a lady listener. Get the details there at shrine.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by SACL CAI. You need collections done, they'll do it with respect so you can keep your clients down the line, which is pretty important. And you can also check on them, too, because they record every single call. Uh, so you can make sure that the job's being done the way that you are expecting it to be done. Not only do they do collections, but also early out billing, and they'll purchase your charged-off receivables as well. So go and visit their website right there uh, in the top of our banner column. You'll see the SACL CAI banner at freetalklive.com. Just right there at the top of the banner column at freetalklive.com. It's SACL 
CAI. As we continue here, of course, we'll take your calls about whatever's on your mind at 855-450-FREE. Uh, Nemi joining us uh, in the studio tonight, and uh, Mark had to go to a, a fireman's thing. That's why you weren't here last night, so good to have you back. And you didn't mention that last night? I don't know. Maybe if you're going to mention these things, thing. the appropriate time to mention is when I'm not there. We were so, so busy talking about important matters last night, Mark. We lots had lots of uh, cute guys hanging out in one place. That's an important matter, Ian. We not from my perspective, oh, but the uh, fire station. No, no, no. You're no. saying they're not cute no? guys. This, at the fire it doesn't station. look like the calendars. No, no, no. no. Oh, I'm so disappointed. Pudgy old guys. Disappoint. I just. Just saying. <sighs> All right. So uh, lots, of course, on the table to talk about, including the Hustler strip truck. Uh, in fact, you know, let, let's talk about the strip truck. We can talk about this cult thing here in a moment. I've got a, I've got some news about a cult that cult. Uh, is somewhat concerning me because people in the liberty movement, at least up here, have been, uh, I guess, picking up on this and have been jumping on board with it. And I've, I wrote up a blog post about it over at freekeen.com uh, not too long ago, actually earlier today. So you're welcome to go and take a look at that. We'll get into the details on that here in a moment. But right now, people are outraged in San Francisco. Some prudes, apparently, are outraged at the Hustler Club Truck that is being uh, driven about the city. According to New York Daily News, nydailynews.com, San Francisco residents are fighting to get Larry Flint's mobile strip club off their streets. Flint's Hustler Club Truck makes its rounds in the city most Friday and Saturday nights. According to CBS Sacramento, photographs of nearly nude women adorn the outside of the truck, but the real action is on the inside. I'm looking at pictures, and they are clad. I'm sorry. It says nearly nude. They're not nearly nude. They've got bikinis on. Or That's like, not nearly nude. Yeah. Come on. So, but that Pasties doesn't. would be nearly nude. That doesn't mean that Probably. people are. Okay. That doesn't mean people aren't going to be upset. I mean. It's clearly, some Cruz, people aren't upset. They're going. If that in. was parked in front of my house, I probably would have a problem with it. Sure. Let me des- probably not going through residential neighborhoods. <laughs> Let me describe this a little further, Mark. When I first heard about this, I thought you said they're going in. They're not going in. When I first heard about this, I thought, "Oh, cool! Like a club that you can go in and have a strip strip pole thing or whatever." No, it's actually in the open. So, like, there's glass, like pane sliding glass doors on the front and back of this truck. So wherever you are, except in the front, if you're in the front of the truck, you can't see what's going on. But if you're on the, any other side of the truck, you can look directly into the truck and you can see the woman doing her, her act. Okay, then uh, I would definitely have a problem with that parked in front of my house. Okay, um, so explain to me how they make money. I think it's just advertising for a hustler uh, more than anything The else. magazine? Yeah. I mean, people buy those still? <laughs> well, there's, I'm sure there's Hustler.com, Mark, where you can go and buy it online. I'm sure. Um, so let me give you a little bit more here about it's what's going on. It's the yuckiest of the magazines uh, from what I recall back in the day. But I, th- I think they have a whole lot more magazines now uh, than they, they ever did. There's probably some yuckier. Back in the day. Photographs of nearly nude women adored the outside of the truck. Uh, the full-length windows allow passersby to see strippers dancing and gyrating around a pole, serving as a mobile advertisement for Hustler's Strip Club. There you go. They actually have their own strip club, apparently, okay. in San Francisco. But recently, the truck's driver has been calling it quits in the city's outer Richmond neighborhood, parking at the end of the long nights near the corner and infuriating local residents. According to the city supervisor, it's right by a library and an elementary school. Well, how late is okay. it? Okay. 
You can see it from a mile away. How, how late is it? It says Saturday and Friday nights. It nights. Doesn't say so when. I mean, you know, the whole. I think that the library and the elementary school probably are arguments are somewhat specious at that point. Marr says this is the city supervisor. Says he's fielded about a dozen complaints from people in the residential neighborhood. Mostly they're women parents, he said. There's a general feeling from the people that these kinds of vehicles with large photographs of scantily clad women shouldn't be there. Now, Marr said that he had the truck towed for expired tags about a month ago, but says it soon returned, this time parking a few blocks up on a different location. It had expired tags? Marr says he thinks the truck is driven by a Hustler Club employee who lives in the area, which is home to many immigrants. He explained that I would compare it to Flushing or parts of Queens. Lots of immigrant families, very diverse. That's the type of neighborhood we're talking about. So I guess what he's saying here is, actually, when it's being parked in this area, it's just being parked. Yeah, it's empty. It's just a... A club truck with no one inside. I see. So, I mean, it's not even as objectionable as it could be. Like, there could be a woman in there grinding and gyrating. <laughs> Indeed. But uh, it's just the, the photos on the side of the truck that are upsetting It's the people. thought of what one, but what people do in the truck otherwise. Mm-hmm. Mar says he thinks, uh, or says, let's see, San Francisco law already prohibits commercial vehicles from parking on city streets. So... He says that advertising then doesn't become a blight in residential areas. But the strip club has repeatedly ignored requests to ask the truck's driver to park elsewhere. Mars says local police are working to enforce the law, but he will consider meeting with the city attorney to introduce new legislation and get the truck off the road permanently. Oh, bring in the men with guns. Yeah. He said, if I had to look at the truck out my window every single morning, I would be really frustrated. Really? Well, you can handle that. Just go in the bathroom. It'll you can take care of that frustration. Ian! Oh, the I'm stunned. The um, I can you know this problem wouldn't have occurred if somebody hadn't have been irresponsible with where they parked this truck. I mean, you'd think. What? Why is it irresponsible to park the truck near your house? I'm just saying. It's in violation of the San Francisco law already prohibiting commercial vehicles. So, of course, what do we need when laws that are already in force aren't being obeyed? More laws. You know, by the way, that uh, particular law, if you think about how who it affects, it affects poor people the worst. Because the idea behind that law is to well, clean up the neighborhood. They had this in, in Sarasota, Florida, at least where, where I live, they had it. I don't know about you, Mark, but uh, this there was like some guy with a snap-on tools truck in my neighborhood. And some people were so upset about it. And it wasn't a deed-restricted neighborhood in that way. And that it wasn't a violation of deed restrictions. It was some sort of city code uh, that uh, prohibited this. So the idea is, if you can house your truck like inside a garage... garage then it's completely okay to have your commercial vehicle on your property. Otherwise, it has to be located on commercially zoned properties, is the idea. That's right. But who does that affect? It affects the people who are the poorest of, of us, because a poor person doesn't have the money for a garage. They're at an apartment building, so they can't afford to, you know, there's, there's just, they don't have the option of parking it in a garage anywhere. So, screw the poor man who wants to start his own business and have some, you know, signs uh, painted on the side of his, his pickup truck. Or something truck. like that. Or, or doesn't own a garage that would fit the Hustler Cub Club van. Right. Because this looks like it's pretty... It's a box van. Yeah. 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll free line. Maybe you are somebody who thinks this is offensive, having pictures of scantily clad women uh, out in the open in your neighborhood. We'd love to hear from you. Free talk. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com.
Free Talk Live. Toll-free number here for you is 855-453-SACL-CAI. SACL CAI toll free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that await you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. Nami. And Mark. Oh, and uh, the features include our webcam, which may or may not be working at the moment. Uh, you can go to cam.freetalklive.com. There was, I guess, some trouble with it earlier. If it's not working, the chat room still works. You can enjoy uh, the company of other liberty-minded, uh, maybe, listeners. And uh, you can chat with them there. Uh, it's all free over at cam.freetalklive.com. Of course, the cam isn't working. You can always tune into our live streams, which are more reliable, uh, far more reliable in some cases than the cam. Usually the cam's working probably, what, probably like 98% of the time. 98% of the time. Not bad. Not bad. What do you want for free? Uh, so cam.freetalklive.com is where you can go to enjoy that. And, Mark, tell me about where I can go to get hunting, outdoor, sportsman gear. ManVentureOutpost.com. Whether you're looking for camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear, the outdoors enthusiast will find everything that they want at uh, ManVentureOutpost.com. And they'll find them at rates likely they've never seen anywhere at an online retailer. It's ManVentureOutpost.com. They've got all the name brands, whether it's knives or ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment. They've got everything you need. They're family-owned and members in good standing, the Better Business Bureau, and uh, some prices are, in fact, so low they can't even be mentioned on the air. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. That'll pay for shipping. It's ManVentureOutpost.com, coupon code FTL. All right, so the toll-free number is 855-453-FREE. We're going to continue. We can talk more about the uh, the Hustler strip truck here and sort of the issues that surround that. Uh, but you can also bring up what you want. Chris is in Louisville. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Chris. Hey, guys. Hey. Um, I had called uh, previously because uh, I would gotten fired from my job, and I called about uh, unemployment benefits. And I kind of listened to uh, Mark's story and uh, took it to heart a little bit. Um, I kind of started going through the process and found out that it was, uh, <laughs> how can you say, they like to ask a lot of questions and they want to have a lot of information. Um, so in the end, I kind of just uh, gave up on that and okay. today actually found a job today. Excellent. Wow, congratulations. Where'd so, you end up? Yeah. Um, actually, uh, my uh, previous employer really wanted to uh, hire me back. Oh, uh, that's great. So. That's a that's a good sign. Uh, not the not the uh, employer that fired me, but a previous employer. Fired that. So. Okay, great. You must be a, you must be a valuable employee. That's good to know. Now, um, you know, I had an I had a friend who uh, got fired from a radio station at which uh, E and I worked, and you know he he was collecting unemployment for a while. And there's you know, like I said, I think there's nothing wrong with collecting unemployment. If that's what you want to do. You paid the insurance. It came out of your wages. You should be able to do it. I just didn't want to do it when I did it. I was, you know, I found their process to be cumbersome and mm-hmm. whatever. But my friend stayed on unemployment for weeks and weeks. And when I talked to him about it, he's like, eh, you know, Clear Channel's paying for it. Why not? I'm not looking to go out and look for another job. And I know, I, you know, I don't know what he was getting from unemployment, but it couldn't be too much. I think the max is $1,700 a month you can get. And, <laughs> At a radio job, that's pretty good. Well, he was a salesperson. I see. And so he was likely pulling in well over uh, 4000 5000 6000 a month or okay. something like that. So he was taking a pay cut, but, you know, it's like, eh, whatever. The bills will get paid. 
And for him, it was worth sitting around in his boxer shorts playing PlayStation right. for some uh, for, several, <laughs> uh, for a couple. Of few I can't months. blame anybody. Right, I get it. I totally get it. But I'd rather be playing video games. If you don't, <laughs> if you choose not to take the unemployment, you're going to go out and get a job a lot faster. Sure. So. You know, it's it's a little game you can play with yourself in order to make oneself more productive. By the way, staying out of the job market in today's job market is not a particularly good idea. For some reason that I don't understand, employers don't want to hire people who have been unemployed for a long period yes. of time. Yes. What's crazy is it's like it's when it rains, it pours. When you have a job, you have all sorts of job offers. offers on the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. It's absolutely crazy. And I haven't seen this in probably 10, 15 years or so. But I, I have work coming out my ears, and I just have more offers of work. But three months ago when I was out of work, it was not, not the same story. Interesting. Well. I, can, I can tell you this from experience that the, uh, the IT market uh, where I am in Kentucky was just not that good. Mm-hmm. I, I have never been in the uh, – I've never experienced something where I've sent out emails and not really heard back from anybody. So it was it was a really scary situation. I'm just glad that I have money saved up and I'm, I know how to manage money. Good. Let me ask you this: Do you think that it's a uh, you know Do you think it's a bad thing for your career to take some job in doing uh, you know making donuts or whatever with outside of your career uh, you know path? If you're in IT, do you think it's a bad idea to take some job making donuts until you can find another job in IT, or do you think it's a better idea to sit around and wait for the IT job to come? Because you know sometimes people. You know, there's typecasting in Hollywood. Is somebody going to typecast you as a donut maker? I I believe uh, the way that I see it is is I I want to be working. I'm not the kind of person that can just sit around. So I would have taken any job that I can get. uh, But I thought, you know, in a month or a month and a half that I would be able to find something in, uh, in IT because I see these businesses growing, especially where I am. They're growing. But apparently not hiring because of the way the economy is. And I agree with uh, what Nimi said as far as uh, job offers. When you have a job, it is a whole heck of a lot easier to find a job when you already have one. The, um, you know, uh, if as an employer, if I was sitting there across the table from somebody and, you know, they were in my line of work, I guess they'd be a salesperson. And for whatever reason, they had to drive a taxi cab or, you know, go work at uh, some, you know, major uh, fast food dealer or something like that. I would say to myself, well, here's a person that's willing to do what it takes to get the job done. They're tenacious. Yeah, they're, they're you know they're they're Absolutely. willing to, they're they're interested in working. They desire the work, yeah, and sure. I would be you know I'd be more than ready to take them on board. If they'd been out of the business for three or four years, I might be asking the question: Do they have what it takes to get back in? But if they're if you're talking about uh, months, I don't know that that's the you know I don't know that I'd ask any question. Chris, anything else you want to share tonight? Uh, I just kind of wanted to uh, include uh, my two cents on uh, the Hunger Games. Uh, I initially read the uh, book uh, because I'd heard uh, Garden Goldsmith talking about it. Mm-hmm. And I believe uh, from uh, what you're describing, I haven't seen the film, but I believe there were a lot of parts that were missed um, as far as the black market 
in the community that was behind that um, because there was a lot of trade and a lot of things that were going on. Yeah, the, the black uh, market part was completely cut out of the, of the film, from what I understand. Again, I didn't see, or I did not read the book, but I did see the film, and that's uh, from some of the feedback we've gotten from people who have done both. Chris, thanks for the call. Glad to hear the job thing worked out All for right. you. Appreciate it. Yeah. 855-450-FREE, SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Now, we were talking about the uh, the strip truck the hustler. Before you go on with the hustler strip truck, what do you think, Ian? Do you think that somebody has a better chance or a worse chance of getting a job? Um, well, I by, already said that I would consider them more tenacious if I were hiring. Uh, you use the use the term tenacious. I, Nemi, what do you think? Do I think someone is more likely to get a get a job? Well, I just I wonder Repeat whether question, it, please. is it possible to harm one's job prospects by going out and getting a job in another field because it's an easier field to get a job in. I.e., you work in IT. Uh, internet technology or you know information technology and you decide to go get a fast food job because there aren't any it jobs available in girls your community. gotta eat mark that's how that's what i'm saying sure you know girls gotta eat girl that's where i'm coming from yep. I've, I've got bills to pay i'm gonna do anything above board uh, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not taking any proposition proposition so you're not gonna but, go back in the hustler club uh, truck no i'm not going in the hustler truck Would you drive it's, the truck I might drive the truck. Uh-huh. Come on, admit it. It's about rate. It's uh, about cost. Well, no, not everyone has their price. There are things <laughs> I that I am not. I, no. Oh God! I really? will admit to having it's a price. It's not even eight o'clock yet, guys. Eight five five. I'm not calling you any names. I'm calling me names. One eight five five four five zero three seven three three. That's eight five five four fifty free. Comment on unemployment, the working environment, uh, your thoughts on hiring. Or talk about the strip truck, 855-450-FREE. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever's on your mind. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, toll-free number here, 855-453-FREE. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features you will find there for free. freetalklive.com. And if you like the show, you enjoy the website, you like the fact that we give it all away to you up front, you can also support us on the back end by uh, contributing to the AMP program. You can go to amp.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is a simple one. You send in 3 bucks a month via any major credit card uh, through PayPal. You can also use Visa or MasterCard right on our website. And we'll take that money and invest it into Free Talk Live, getting on more great radio stations around the country and bringing more Internet listeners on board as well uh, at freetalklive.com. Once again, that's amp.freetalklive.com. That's where you can go to uh, get the perks that you'll also have access to, which are the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only forum, uh, the podcast, and more, amp.freetalklive.com. So 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number here. You can uh, bring up whatever's on your mind. Uh, so we've been talking about the uh, the club truck, the stripper truck, 
uh, that uh, Hustler has been moving around the uh, the city of San Francisco. On and, Friday and Saturday evenings. Right. And then it goes in parks at the guy's house Chuck who drives full it. full of strippers. Uh, probably one or two, I, yeah. would, I would think. It's, uh, it's a box truck. Showing with, their wares. They're actually uh, probably still clothed, as I Come understand it. Come get some it. hot cross buns. Uh, they're probably wearing, you know, maybe some lingerie or some bikinis or something like that. Something like I, that yeah. I, I don't believe they are full nude uh, in the strip, in the strip truck. That would, uh, yeah, that would certainly cause some uh, problems. But apparently, they are in. I guess they're advertising in industrial districts or places that. People aren't being offended uh, because the people that are being offended by the truck are the ones that see it while it's parked during the daylight hours, ostensibly at the house of the gentleman who is allegedly driving said truck. And so some people are very upset about this. And it comes right back down to the the whole idea that people are just a lot of people are very prudish. Uh, Like it's just women on the side of the truck that are in you know various states of undress. What's the big deal? Well, that, why do people? Uh, why are people various so states uppity? of undress? They're just wearing bikinis, right? Well, okay, well, so, I don't know. The one looks like she has some kind of like sheer lingerie on or something like that. But but uh, they, um, you know, I mean, this is about what it's what's being can't advertised we get over to. It, though. I mean, it's the 21st century. Can't people move on from this? This idea that sex is bad, nudity's bad, bikini girls are bad. I mean, come on, please, really? As though your kids haven't seen? Uh, oh, maybe it's about the husbands. Well, anyway, as though your kids haven't seen uh, these pictures online—something far worse, supposedly online. That you really? Do you think you're you're shielding your children from seeing naked women by stopping the box truck? From parking down the street, I think that really. It, I think the smart business owner knows that if they're not careful, they're going to raise the ire of people. I mean, this is a you know. I mean, parents don't want to have the conversation about mommy. What are they? What's going on there on that truck? I mean, well, stop being so chicken and have the damn conversation. And what's the conversation? Well, you tell them what's on the truck. Those are strippers, honey. <laughs> Those are strippers, honey. Great. And you can explain what strippers are. That's the solution. Show them some the, video online. <laughs> that's you the know, solution. make your own decision, right? And, and I guess here's here's the thing. When we had the, when we had the floods uh, a few years ago here, here in New Hampshire, in, in New Hampshire, it's seven years ago. I had the Boston news media on my street for the better part of two weeks. Just oh my gosh, you know, absolute devastation. That's fantastic. It was irritating to me. So what do you do? You you can't go out. I I mean, you can kick them off your property, but you can't kick them off your street. So, you know, they're out there. They're shooting video. As soon as you set foot on public property, you're fair game. But, you know, it's an irritation. And it's a fact of life. It is just a fact of life. That some things are going to irritate you? Some things are going to. Oh, my gosh. Some things are going to irritate. You can't legislate away irritation. I'm sorry. Because, I mean, even... Like we were saying earlier, there is already an ordinance that that doesn't allow commercial trucks on streets. Why hasn't this truck been towed yet? Well, they they towed it once for uh, bad registration, and he says the police are preparing to enforce the uh, the city ordinance. I guess they're 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 probably trying to cover their butt. What I think is is hilarious, and I mentioned this before, is there, and it's not even hilarious in a good way. Is that not rather than enforce the law that they presently have? They want to make more laws. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. they were talking about uh, legislating specifically against the Hustler Club truck. Against the, the right, they they already have a law that says that you can't park commercial vehicles on right. the street. So or something rather like than that. enforce that one, they want to say, oh, well, we're going to make. You can't have naked pictures or, or t- bikini ladies on your truck. Because I, I will, uh, I want to speak to the irritation. You can't legislate irritation. Um, so my son Jack is four years old. He's growing up and uh, you know looking at the world differently as time goes by, and it causes my wife no small amount of of grief trying to keep him away from the things that she doesn't want him to be exposed to in life. Uh, chief among them, McDonald's. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> you know, these the commercials and these kind of things are aimed. You know, he watches some ki- children's television. He gets to watch a certain amount of entertainment television per day. I can't remember what it is, but it's a small amount. And it did raise recently when he was uh, sick because he couldn't go outside. So, um, you know, he got to watch a certain amount more. He gets to watch more educational programming, but the commercial stuff uh, or the the non the entertainment stuff tends to be surrounded by commercials. And these commercials are aimed at children. Obviously, mm-hmm. they're the market. And, it, you know, I, I look at some of these things. I'm like, oh, you don't need that plastic crap. You know, what, what is that thing on the, uh, the, the television for? But whatever. But, you know, he sits there and he consumes them the same as I consumed Saturday morning cartoons when I was a little boy. You know, what are you going to do? Well, well you're going to explain that they're cheap plas- plastic pieces of crap. The best you could do. I, I really, I really wish my parents had done that. You know, with a couple of things that I had asked for for birthday or holidays or whatever. Son, those are just crappy burgers. Just right. because they're served by a clown doesn't make them any better. <laughs> you know that that he's five or ten. If this is something that he's coming across in his daily, tra- it's not something you can shield yourself or other people from. You know, just by making a law and calling the guys with guns and, and tow trucks. You know, I mean, I don't. I grew up in uh, in Bradenton, Florida, and and there in that area, you know, strip clubs are relatively common occurrence. I remember driving by these on going to school at Bradenton oh, Christian yeah. School. I remember being very interested in uh, what the, what was in that porn store that I drove by when uh, I went to elementary school. Yep, and you know, there's the stories, and you know that it's an adult store, and you know it has something to do with women, and they're younger than mommy and they're scantily clad that's about what you got right and it's interesting so if you are somebody who thinks that it's a bad thing to have woman in a bikini on the side of a box truck uh, then I'd love to hear from you at 855-450-FREE. When I would go to school, the boys would get together and we'd head straight um, when in the library, head straight to the National Geographics. I mean, you know, <laughs> right. that's, these are the kinds of th- – I just don't think you can stop kids from no, learning about these things. Well, one of my it's dear ludicrous. friends is, is um, raised her kids in a, an, an apparently unorthodox way. She's ra- raised them around improper language. She's raised them around nudity and mm-hmm. sex, not – around it per se but not shielding them from it and so um her son when he was five this is many years ago he walked into um the office and asked me if i knew what a penis was and i was not so shocked by the question as it was that from the mouths of babes right sure you know here's a five-year-old little boy saying you know do you know what a penis is well how how do you know what a penis I'll is? I'll show you mine. You know, show me yours. Show me yours. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's so, going to go well. <laughs> oh, right. Right. But it's it's been interesting over the course of the last 15, 20 years or so to watch these kids grow up. And now they are um, they're well-rounded. They're well-mannered. They don't don't drop the f bomb in in public or in proper company. They they know time and place. 
They so know, even though they saw, they might have seen a nude scene in a movie, they're okay. They know context, and they were educated by, by their parents. Let's go to the phones here. Mike is on the line in Huntsville. Uh, Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, hello. What's on your mind, Mike? Oh, my gosh. I'm on, I'm on the air. This is incredible. Not really. Um, I mean, that's what we do, and we do it seven nights a week. It's ordinary so. for us. Go on, Mike. Yeah, go ahead. I understand that. I understand that, okay. <laughs> uh, my point here is that... Um, I was I, I've been banned and kicked from your chat room several times. Okay. Okay. All right, and maybe for legitimate or maybe not reasons. Recently, I don't even remember the name I was using. I was saying something about Nemi and how she needed to, something about Trojans or something something to that effect. But well. the point is here. My point is that I love your show. Um, Great. Well, maybe you called to apologize or something. You're welcome to hang on. We can bring you back here uh, during the next hour in moments. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Mike's going to complain about the chat room. Uh, Yay! You can, you can bring, bring up whatever's on your Love mind. Trolls. Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 855-453, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 1-855-450-3733. Coming up, record numbers of people renounce citizenship. We'll tell you why and more about that. And, of course, you can take control here at 855-453. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. All right. We'll uh, jump right back into your phone calls. Mike is on the line listening in Huntsville, uh, presumably to WBHP when we're on there. But uh, some, some nights we're on earlier than others. Anyway, Mike, welcome back to Free Talk Live. You were saying that uh, you were in the Free Talk Live chat room at cam.freetalklive.com and that you've been kicked out multiple times. And you even acknowledged that you were kicked out for good reason, which tells me that you were trolling the chat room. Okay, that's great. I don't understand what trolling means. So, um, well, that sounds like a troll I, I uh, to me, means. right? Right yeah, there. Absolutely, Google it. Okay. You do have internet access, obviously. Wikipedia since in has an expansive article on trolling. How would you define it? I mean, just for our listeners' sake, uh, Nemi, as uh, somebody who is a, a moderator in the Free Talk Live chat, how would you define trolling? Uh, trolling would be inciting uh, trouble in the chat, or or just. Um, Posting things that are off-topic or inappropriate, uh, that's broad. It depends on the forum, of course. Um, but if you're threatening violence against someone in the in the Free Talk Live chat or, um, it, you know, just generally taking chat off-topic. I think most people, uh, uh, you know, like the, the primary definition of trolling is to posting inflammatory yes, stuff. Yes, something you, would you know is going to get a reaction. Yeah, uh, and it's... It, I wouldn't say it's to get a reaction because you can certainly post a, a 
controversial or contradictory view in free talk chat live uh, uh, free talk, talk live chat um but are you saying no contradictory views are allowed in oh there? no 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 not at all what so I've, what defines what's the difference between posting contradictory view or dissent versus trolling how do you define that how trolling you tell? is not serious I, I mean you can you can certainly tell when you've when you've chatted with someone um and they're presenting a, a view that might not be the same as yours perhaps if the topic is um, homeschooling and you say a, a, a trolling response be government schools are awesome and, and go go ahead and defend it but obviously if you're in there to just cause cause trouble and just be rude to people if that's the first thing you do when you walk into yeah, the chat room absolutely yeah so uh mike your thoughts uh well all i can say is uh i didn't feel like i was doing that um yes from time to time i will like make jokes and joke around but generally i agree with what you guys say on 90 well but you said you were kicked out of the chat room multiple times i mean that would indicate that you've you haven't really you know i would presume the the moderators would explain to you why you were removed uh the first time and the second time and then you you continue doing it but let me tell you something it's not like that i'm just saying it seems to be it seems to contradict your freedom values or whatever i agree with you guys most of the time but i just so what would your I what like would your rules be then i mean it. so i mean you do, do you think the chat room should have no rules should people be able to come in there and just start flooding the chat with uh with spam no this is not spam i don't work for no anyone. no 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 i mean you, you do understand the first no amendment doesn't apply to free talk live chat correct because that is something that you posted this evening and you called me a genius when I asked you if you understood the part of Congress shall make no law of the First Amendment. Well, that's pretty vague. I mean, could you elaborate on that? Could you go read the Constitution? Okay. So, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I have many times. In, you have, but you've missed life. the part. You've Nimmy. missed the part where where it says Congress shall make no law. You understand that it's Congress that can't make laws restricting free speech. It doesn't apply to free talk yeah, live chat I, because I, I, Congress um, doesn't make laws regarding free talk live chat. Okay, okay, I'm I'm, I'm truly sorry. Did I clear I, that up for you? Yes. It, okay. It really awesome. Did. Now go read the Constitution Wonderful. again. No, <laughs> okay, guys, hold on. So. Let me let me just make sure Mark has a chance to get in here. So uh, you know, I just want to make sure you understand that there have to be a certain amount of rules, whether it's on the BBS or in the chat room, as far as what people can post. You you do understand that like spam isn't going to work out. We you know don't we don't okay. allow threats of violence or racism and things like that. You get that. You get no, all that. No, right? no, nothing like that was sure was even introduced in the chat. That wasn't I my question. Simply, I mean, look, I'm just a regular guy, freedom-loving, okay? But, you know, I'm just saying, I thought, I felt, it's not, it's not your problem. It's basically the webmaster was very aggressive in terms of kicking me out for, like, the slightest thing. I mean, you know, I felt like I injected um, interesting and issues to the debate. When people are, are expressing I, I relief said. when you've been removed from the chat, I, I find it hard to say that you were injecting uh, creative... Well, sounds, okay, hold on. ...on topic. That very authoritarian to me. So what was the issue that was most recently uh, getting this person kicked out? Just curious. Yeah. What was the issue? Yeah. 
uh, he was causing trouble. And you know what? I, I trust. What does that mean? I trust oh, that, yeah. my fellow admins. And uh, you do. If you ban me again, there's going to be trouble. Oh, okay. That's what you said. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't say that. Yeah, you certainly well, did. And there's I'm probably more than a log. Yeah. There's probably a log of the chat room. So here's the here's yeah. the issue, right? Like on one hand, as somebody who's you know runs this show, uh, we want to provide services for our listeners. So we have the bulletin board systems, online forum people can go to and they can post, you know, with a relative freedom compared to a lot of forums on the internet. Uh, and then there's this chat room, and there's you know there's certain people who've been designated as moderators of okay. these of these oh, areas okay. simply because I don't know, you, if you're talking, you can't. Pop Possibly be listening to oh, what I'm saying to you. Don't uh, f with me, guys. Last warning: next time you kick, you're getting smeared. YouTube right. viral and callings on radio. All right, I'll explain email. it to him off the air. Thanks, yeah. Mike, for the call. Wonderful. Eight five five four fifty free. So here's the the trick, right? The the, dif- the difficulty, the frustration with offering these things. So we want to have things for people to enjoy, and we want them to be free. And uh, we only have so much time in uh, individually, Mark, between you and myself. Sure. And I would rather be doing other things than moderating a chat room. I'd rather be running a show, but for the instance. chat room has to be moderated. The chat room does have to be moderated. Otherwise, somebody, some fools, are going to get in there and start flooding, which means posting the same thing over and over again, or whatever, just you know, posting all kinds of text and uh, spamming, who knows what, etc. So there's all kinds of nasty griefing things that people do online uh, to to cause trouble yeah. uh, in these public forums. And so they're not public forums. They're open to the public until you prove that you don't belong there, and then you're removed. Uh, and usually you're removed temporarily with an mm-hmm. explanation as to what you did and how you can remedy your behavior in the future if you'd like to continue using the free service that's being provided to you. And as Mike Again, there not had, by Congress. Right. And as Mike there had admitted, he'd been removed multiple times, which means he hadn't learned his lesson. He hadn't, you know, he decided he wanted to keep doing whatever it was that was offending the moderators. Now, are the moderators at sometimes guilty of maybe jumping to the trigger? Yes, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's part of what happens when you give somebody a little bit of power. Sometimes they are likely to exercise their power without maybe checking with another mod first or, you know, taking a moment to really consider what, uh, what they're doing. And, and people make mistakes. I know I've done it. Uh, as a as a moderator of, of forums it does happen we do have a very good communication system between us i mean we're spread out across the state and mm-hmm. across the uh, across the shire um i guess I, I know there are several of us um and and we do a good job communicating we have online google docs and and if someone's banned then it's it's generally communicated and if i have taken action and i granted this is the first time i've had someone call in on the show it's when the first it's time happened that's come in. but generally yeah. i will send you a, a transcript or whatever and and say and generally hey, i don't care i mean up. the reason that's i up. the rate right generally i don't read any of that stuff um you know i just don't care because i chose i've chosen certain people who are interested in moderating because you're certainly not getting paid to do it you're doing nope. it because you like being in the chat room and i'm you there like to pretty have a, frequently right and you like to have a clean chat room that's uh fun to be in so you've got your own interests uh in in play here we have and a fantastic group it's chat. you it's brad Absolutely. uh you know as far as the moderators are concerned yeah. and so the idea is as a moderator when you've been given these responsibilities you've got discretion i mean that's i've, I've trusted the moderators to make the right decisions and it's not a job that i want to have to oversee the moderators that's not the purpose of having a moderator the moderators are trusted to make the right choices so Thanks, if Ian. you don't like it find another chat room there are thousands upon thousands of them out there you can make your own chat room too 855-450-FREE the SACL cai toll free line 
take control of the airwaves here. Bring up whatever you want. Go troll Glenn Beck or something like that. It's Free Talk Live. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Porcupine Realtor. Do you want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters, buyers, and sellers too? Mark Warden is the guy for you. PorcupineRealtor.com This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Toll free at 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those. Uh, Once again, that's freetalklive.com. And those features include news updates. You can get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something that you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to news.freetalklive.com. You can get on the list there for free. Uh, News, and also it's email, Twitter, Facebook, whichever method works best for you, at news.freetalklive.com. Go ahead and get signed up. The guys from Raja Mojo um, wanted to to make sure that we thanked everybody who's gone over to cdbaby.com and bought their songs. Um, the, the fact is, Roger Mojo has been rocketing up the charts over at CDBaby.com, and likely it has a no, to no small extent due to the listeners of Free Talk Live going over there and buying the four songs that they have for as little as $3.16, I guess is what it cost. Uh, I went over and bought them. It was fast and easy. I wanted to see how easy it was. If I'm going to tell people it's easy, I want it to be easy. And they're, frankly, at the top of several of the charts here. Retro Rock, they've got uh, songs at one and two, 70s rock at number one, IDM, which is intelligence dance, intelligent dance music at one, Beatles pop at two, folk rock two, hard rock two and three, political two, four, five, six. And I would love to see them at the top of all of those charts. And the reason is, is because music is invasive. If people go over to CDBaby.com, they look at the charts, they say, I'm going to try some new music today. I'll get what it's ever at the top of the charts because that makes some sense. And they hear these songs and they begin to like them. The ideas will get into their heads in the same way that we were talking about the Hunger Games movie um, and book. The same way that people have been introduced to these ideas through the books, they'll be introduced to these ideas through the music. How many how many musicians out there are doing songs about the International Monetary Fund? Go to cdbaby.com and buy Raja Mojo's songs. It's cdbaby.com, Raja Mojo. All right, so 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number here. Uh, still to come here tonight, people are withdrawing their so-called citizenship in record numbers, plus a kind of a... Creepy news uh, cult has hit the scene. It's called nonviolent communication. And some people are really uh, getting into this within the liberty movement. And I just, uh, my message is caution. Beware. It does have the hallmarks of a cult. We can talk more about that here in a moment. Of course, Mark will jump down my throat because he was once involved in such a cult. And uh-huh. is very upset by me calling these things cults. 855-450-FREE. I'm upset course, by your use of the language. Take the, it's, it's inaccurate uh, uses. We'll find out. Uh, we'll take your calls, though, first and go to Adam listening in Canada. You're on Free Talk Live, Adam. And are you still ripping on the Landmark Forum? Uh, we will rip a little bit on Landmark, but only in reference to uh, proving that this other thing is very similar to it. Yeah, if it works for Mark, it's probably, that's, it's probably fine. I, like I but say, I a lot of these cults about, can be beneficial in some ways. Just you know, be aware of what you're, getting in, what you're getting into. We'll talk more about that. What, what are you calling about tonight? 
you know, I was thinking about, well, wizardry, and I realized that I think it's just an allegory for politics. Wizardry? Yeah, wizards, you know, that okay. old story of the guys with the wands and the funny words. Okay, I was it's thinking... It's almost was the... as if um, you get Merlin sitting next to the king all the time, like an advisor, right? Well, mm-hmm. what do they do? They wave their wands, and light comes out. Maybe it's a pen with ink, and they speak in incantations, you know, legalese. And they, they do their little spell or their law, and it's just a, it's really just a spell in slow motion, if you think about it. For example, you look at a spell to disarm someone, I don't know, Expelliarmus, but you get this case where... Say Markins in a room with Ian, and there's no law against owning a gun like in New Hampshire. He's got a gun in his pocket. He, nobody needs to know about it. It's not going to come out unless it's needed. And uh, this law will criminalize Mark and claim that Ian is a victim. Well, over a hundred years, the only reason Mark would have a, have a gun in that room is if he was a criminal looking for a victim, because you're, you're, you're risking 20 years in prison for murder at most, and uh, what's the gun charge? A lot less. It's not going to dissuade him. So it's almost as if, you know, you've become a criminal and you've become a victim. That's just as you were designated 100 years ago. It's kind of creepy. Yeah, That's you know, to some extent, these laws are like the the, the magic scrolls that uh, the wizards would write down. Yeah, but yeah, usually maybe, yeah. these laws don't uh, have the intended consequences, right? So maybe they're like well, a, a, a magic trick or a, a magic scroll that doesn't, you know, has more power than you realized or does something uh, completely more than you expected. Uh, because usually. It's like that genie that always gives you the wish you didn't want. I want to live forever. So you live in this like cadaverous right. corpse that can, can't move anymore. Yeah. Um, but that's what the, you know, that's, that's exactly what's happened with the laws that limit convicted felons from hon- owning guns. I mean, uh, um, I mean, that seems like the kind of law that most people can get on board with. Convicted felons have lost their right to own guns. They shouldn't have it anymore. But like you said, the felons that want to commit crimes, they can get I could get I'm a felon. I could get a gun by the end of the day. You're not preventing me from getting a gun by writing that crap down on a piece of paper. The only felons that you're preventing from getting weapons by writing out laws are the felons that you would want to have them. I mean, don't felons have the right to protect their families? Don't their wives have the... What's that? Apparently not. Yeah. Don't their wives have the right to uh, own a firearm and to protect themselves? Don't their kids uh, deserve to be able to grow up in a world where they understand how to use firearms properly? Well, when you write these laws that prevent the good felons uh, from having weapons, then all you're doing is making it so the bad ones do. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, you know, I like a lot more when you call these these dark wizards a cult. Absolutely. I mean, they, there's a great uh, piece over at Free Keen uh, that, uh, that was inspired by Larkin Rose and Gene the Christian Anarchist, uh, one of the callers to this show, that has to do with uh, outlining exactly how the government is matches up with a cult. The government is far more of a cult than uh, the Landmark Forum or Nonviolent Communication. And I thank you, Adam, for the call and the hey, thoughts welcome. tonight. Jeremy is in Pennsylvania listening in Philly. Jeremy, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, um, I heard you guys just talking about uh, jobs and, uh, you know, if you were an attractive prospect, if you had not been working. And I do enjoy uh, listening to you guys talk about other subjects like the drug war and decriminalization and such. And I have a personal story um, that kind of relates to both, topic and, to both topics. And I just wanted to, just, just wanted to hear your opinion on uh, what had happened okay. to me. Go for it. Um, basically, like I been doing security out of high school, uh, private security for the last six years, and I was hired by a company a year and a half ago, and um, 
there's a lot of people that give the job a bad name. Uh, they have bad hygiene. They, they just work in security as a through job. Maybe they're retired or bored or they're a student. They don't have any experience. But mm-hmm. I've been doing it six years, and I'm professional. My reports are great, and I do a good job, and I do want to help people. But anyway, I, I get hired by this company, and they say, well, we're going to start you for the, uh, working at this customer. And I find out of a position opening up that that's going to pay $14 an hour. And at the time, I'd been having trouble sleeping, so I had been using marijuana as a sleep aid. Like, nothing else helped me sleep. Mm. That was really the only thing that, that helped me go to bed and, and get sleep. And um, I knew that the position was coming up soon, so, of course, I stopped smoking because I knew they were going to screen me. So um, they screened me. I thought it was out of my system. Test comes up positive, and... Uh. Human Resources said, "Well, listen, Jeremy, you're a great you're a great employee. Um, the customer really likes you because I had covered for 60 days straight. Uh, have have worked when I was sick, growing up, but still stayed on on the post. Like, I Jeremy, hold on, off. hang on. I want to get the rest of your story here in moments uh, about trying to get a job, failing a drug test, and yet still being a reliable person. And they know this." So how did they handle it? We'll find out in moments here. 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live. The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest Liberty Forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Toll free at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are there. Uh, You can send us some bitcoins if you would like to help support the program because again we give you the stuff on the site for free but of course it costs us money to provide to you so if you'd like to help with that you can go to bitcoin.freetalklive.com where you can find the bitcoin address to which you can send your bitcoins but if you don't have bitcoins you should go to bitinstant.com that's right bitinstant.com you can have bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash at any major bank you can buy your bitcoins with cash visit bitinstant.com they've got a new service now where they can send uh, bitcoins directly to your e- to other people's email addresses so you can send them directly to other people's email addresses it's so cool bitinstant.com i just actually did an interview today with uh, with charlie from bitinstant.com mm-hmm. and you know he explains a little more thoroughly what, how you can use it did we meet that guy at the liberty forum I don't think we met Charlie. We okay. did meet Ira. Yeah, there was a number of – like the Bitcoin guys were all over the Liberty <laughs> They were out in force. Yeah. And uh, it's just going to get more popular over time as people uh, begin using them for more and more purposes, more services uh, crop up. And by the way, if you want to learn more about the Bitcoin, you can go to weusecoins.org. That's weusecoins.org. Great introductory video there. If you want to hear that interview with Charlie, you can uh, listen to the – you can get the podcast, down, download, it this e- download this evening's podcast and listen to it. It's at the end of the show. Excellent. All right. So we go back to Jeremy uh, listening in Philly. Jeremy, you're back on Free Talk Live. You're telling us that you've been a security professional for quite a, while, a number of years 
and there was a job opening that was coming up that you were looking to uh, to jump into. You had been using cannabis to help yourself sleep at night. You decided to quit using cannabis in preparation for this job, knowing that you would be tested. Uh, you thought you'd quit with enough time, but apparently it still was in your system, and you returned a, a positive uh, for for cannabis on the drug test. And that was where you left your story off, if I recall correctly. Uh, yes, uh, and I was a very high-performing employee, like so to speak. Staff at the office. I'm sorry. I said so to speak. It was a bad joke. Go ahead. Oh, oh yeah. So the, I mean, their their office staff had been talking to me about moving up into supervision, and this particular customer that they were testing me for, I already worked for that customer for four and a half years, so okay. I knew the customer. I was intimately familiar with their software, their badging system, their security policies. Was it the customer, sorry to interrupt, but was it the customer's policy to do the drug test or was it your security company's policy to do the drug test? It was um, the customer's policy. I had already taken a test for the security company and passed it, Mm -hmm. but for this particular customer, it was an extra level of checking for them because it was a pharmaceutical company. Right. but um, after it came back positive, the security office staff said, well, look, we'll give you an alternate. Because I had begged the human resources manager. I said, look, I'll take counseling classes if there's an employee assistance program. I'll take a suspension. You can dock my pay. I, I Please, I still want to work for your company. Because I knew that they had a lot of great contracts, a lot of great customers. And, you know, a lot of other security companies are, like, minimum wage unprofessional. So I really wanted to stay with this company. And I was begging their human resources, anything but termination. And I'm like, please, I'm willing to work with you because I do not have a criminal record. I, I think at that time I hadn't even had a speeding ticket. Like I, I and uh, I mean, also the, the cannabis was helping me with depression too, because I was also diagnosed with manic depressive uh, disorder. So it was helping me with depression. It was helping me to sleep. And uh, so their human resources uh, took forever to get back to me. They're, they're like, well, don't show up to work. Uh, we're kind of suspending you. And like two weeks later, they, they came back to me with an ultimatum. And they said, well, Jeremy, um, you could either quit or we're going to fire you. Um, if, Wait, if you either quit your job you, or they're going to fire you? Yeah. Okay. So... And, there are relative advantages and disadvantages to this. If you're fired, you can collect unemployment. But if you quit, then you don't have to say, I was fired from my last job on a job interview. Well, yes. Yeah, so so they, they said, well, if we fire you, uh, you can collect, but we'll never hire you again ever. You'll be unrehirable forever. And I said, well, I don't want that. And they, they said, well, if you quit... Then you won't you won't collect the unemployment, and you could you could apply you could be welcome to apply with us again in six months. Hmm. So it was hmm, ah. be eligible to be a re a rehire in six months and not take the unemployment or just get fired and you know never work for them again. So I wrote a resignation letter and quit. And about two weeks later, I took an at home test to make sure I was good, and I got hired by another security company. And I still work for that company, but I've been working for this new company. Like I, I picked up another security job two weeks later, and I've had steady, I've had steady employment as a uh, guard since then. That was a year and a half, year and a half ago. So get this, I called up, I called up that security company that fired me because they, they told me I could re, re, reapply and work for them again. 
and I said, hey, uh, I submitted an application on online. Um, I'm interested in working for you guys again. And they had a new human resources manager, and she said, well, let me investigate you and see if you're rehirable. And I said, well, I should be. They told me that if I quit, I would be. So she never called me back. And about mm. two weeks later, I called, the, I called the office back, and she and she said, oh, well, I, I talked to the office manager or the branch manager. He, he doesn't want to hire you back. You're unrehirable. And oh, I kind of got in an argument with her over the phone because I was like, look, I have not been convicted of a crime. Um, I, you know, there were no workplace uh, incidents. I didn't crash the security, I, you know, I didn't crash the security vehicle. I wasn't disruptive. Like, there were no incidents. I don't have a criminal right. Like, I didn't, like, I didn't do it. Like, there was, and I, I told her, I said, look, you're holding a grudge against me for a positive when there was no there was nothing professional. There was, and I, it's, it's outrageous. Like, it's, As though no one in the security business smokes pot. I've known plenty of security guards who have uh, engaged in that behavior. It's the difficulty ludicrous. that they have is that, that as a security guard, you're preve- trying to prevent bad things from happening. And... Bad things are inevitable. So what they're concerned with is some kind of news story coming out, and then it's leaked in some way or another. You know, well, they hired this guy. He's you know, come up positive for drug tests in the past. <laughs> hit the news. Okay. So know. in New Hampshire, the first thing I would recommend you do is see if your state, I'm not sure where you're calling Philly. from. Philly. He's in Philly. Pennsylvania. Um, I'm not sure if uh, Pennsylvania has a similar law, but in New Hampshire, you are entitled to see your employment record Um, even if you're not working for a company anymore. Um, They may try to tell you um, in New Hampshire that that you can't take photocopies of it. You are entitled to copies and to see your employment record for a particular employer. That's notes. That's whatever. Now, granted, that's not mouth-to-mouth communication between your former supervisor and the the new HR director person. Plus, they're going to show it to their lawyer before you get to see it. Well, not necessarily. I, I mean, you could show up and demand to see it immediately. Yes, that's the law. Okay. Yeah, that's. I I could show up at a previous employer and I would be entitled to see my employment record. Absolutely. You know, so I would I would encourage you to do that if yeah, you're interested certainly. in seeing what what happened. Um, additionally, in the future, I would I would steer clear of anyone who tells you not to file for benefits that you're entitled to, or tries to kind of yeah. finagle yeah, their you. way around the law. Um, cause that's, that's just shady to me. And that's a red flag to me all the time. Um, and, and even though I, I'm not necessarily one to encourage people to go and file for, for benefits, if they're okay, otherwise, you know, like sitting at home on jury duty in your boxers playing video games, you know, because you're entitled to benefits, but if you need benefits, go do it. But it sounds to me like you are in a, in a decent position now that if you want to go back, I, I would also encourage you to see what it would take for you to start your own security firm. So, you know, I, I mean, I have a friend who works for a company where much uh, similar to yours, it's not a security job, but the company that they took on as a client wanted everyone drug tested with a background check. And my friend did not pass the, dr- the, the drug test. I can tell you since Ian's worked for Free Talk Live, he has never failed a drug test. <laughs> well, all right, there you go. Yeah. Hey, you know, that's another thing to consider, too, is to try to stay away from companies that drug test uh, if you can all uh, avoid it. But, of course, now as the economy is getting more difficult for people, mm-hmm. they're getting more desperate in the t- types of jobs they're willing to accept. They're more likely to take a drug test, whereas before, if the job market were better, they could say they could turn their nose up and say, well, you want to test me? I'm, a, I'm better than that. I don't need to lower myself to that level. I'll find a, an employer who respects me based on my ability. Hey, Jeremy, thanks for the call. Appreciate the story. It's Free Talk Live. 
Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want. Toll-free number 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line 1-855-450-3733. And you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. The features that await you are for free. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, shop with us. Go to shop.freetalklive.com where you'll find links to Amazons, different Amazons for different countries. There's U.S., U.K., and Canada. You click on the right one for you, and Free Talk Live will get a portion of your purchase price. It's the same great Amazon shopping experience that you're used to. It's just that you're starting by shopping through our links over at shop.freetalklive.com. That's the only thing that's different about the experience. It's just where you start it, and that helps us because it alerts Amazon that you came from our site, and uh, that means they'll cut us a portion of their profits. So it's a great way to get the stuff you're looking for and to help Free Talk Live at the same time. So get your shopping done at shop.freetalklive.com. According to uh, Reuters, there's news about people bailing out. They're calling it quits on this whole U.S. citizenship thing. According to, again, Reuters, truth, justice, in the American way, it's not enough anymore, said Superman as he declared plans to renounce his U.S. citizenship after both the Iranian and American governments criticized him for joining a peaceful anti-government protest in Tehran. Um, Now, Mark, I don't know. You you said you more follow the Marvel comics. Yeah, I didn't know about this. Yeah. uh, Last year, almost 1,800 people followed Superman's lead, renouncing their U.S. citizenship or handing in their green cards. It's a record number since the IRS began publishing a list of those who renounced in 1998. It's almost eight times more than the number of citizens who renounced in 2008 and more than the total. Get that. Since 2008, eight times the amount of people have renounced their citizenship this year since 2008. That's huge. It's huge. (laughs) It's more than the total for 2007, 2008, and 2009 combined. But not everyone's motivations are as lofty as Superman's. Many say they parted ways with America for tax reasons. Yeah, it's usually about taxes, yeah. The United States is one of the only countries to tax its citizens on income earned while they're living abroad. And just as Americans stateside must, you know, because we're the freest country in the world, right? Uh, Just as Americans uh, stateside must file tax returns each April... The, I'd like to, you know, that people, uh, you know, the people will say that the reason that you pay taxes is because of all the benefits that you have in this country yeah. and things like that. But think about it for a second. If that was the reason, then U.S. citizens living abroad wouldn't have to pay them. US right. What benefits are they getting? U.S. citizens abroad are living abroad are not getting any of the benefits of the federal government. I can't think of a single benefit that, that they're getting, but there's probably there's probably one out there. But it certainly isn't worth the same taxes that you pay. Well, I don't feel like I get any benefits from uh, the federal government, and I live within their so-called jurisdiction. I think that you can probably reasonably say that you are safer in New Hampshire than you are, say, in South Sudan, simply because the United States— What's yeah. that? Or Tehran. Yeah, or, sure. or, because the United States military, for one, isn't aiming at your chunk of land, um, and B, uh, somewhat you know, occupies this land, and they don't want to come anywhere near that organization the most destructive organization the world has ever potentially destructive organization the world has ever seen i see what you're saying but the military could very well target my land if they decided they wanted to take cart me away 
They would do that. The, the, right. They could, but that doesn't really mean anything. Well, they could target anywhere in the whole world. And so they do. So why would I feel less safe in uh, you know, the Bahamas? When was the last time the United States targeted uh, the United States When was States the last military? time they targeted co- Costa Rica? They didn't. There, there certainly right. are places that you can pick. Okay. But you said that you don't get any benefit, and I'm I telling don't. you, you do. Why not you re- do get a benefit? renounce your citizenship and stay here? What's that? That's what I'd like to say. It's, it's, it's interesting. Join the Shire Society at shiresociety.com, and you can do that very thing. As a matter of fact, although I don't know what the uh, you know renouncing citizenship thing is, is there some form they want oh, you to yes. fill out? I mean, no. Well, I don't have believe I have citizenship in the first place because there's no evidence of it. Uh, the idea of being a citizen is that you have traded a duty of allegiance in return for an obligation of protection, and they don't have an obligation to protect me, so therefore there's no trade. There's no duty of allegiance. I'm not going to give them an allegiance for no obligation to protect me. So it's just a fantasy, the idea that they're going to protect you. There's no evidence for it. Supreme Court cases have ruled again and again that they absolutely have no obligation to protect you. Go ahead. If you don't believe me, Google no obligation to protect. Just look at the first, true. The first three links. Oh, sure. There's plenty of court cases like this. So, uh, so I don't believe in the idea of citizenship, so I don't think you have to renounce anything uh, because they, ha- they would have to prove that you're a citizen in the first place. Well, we've mentioned in previous, previous shows that um, it's, there's a gentleman in the UK that's uh, – excuse me, in France. I stood corrected on that um, – who's sued to have his baptism reversed. And I kind of look at baptism and citizenship in the same way in this light – because my parents something you were given without your consent right essentially um i wasn't a, i wasn't baptized so i don't have that fight to fight myself but i certainly as an atheist respect um this gentleman's efforts to renounce his catholicism and make it as official as possible um and he's running into several road bro- roadblocks in doing that but i would be interested to know what exactly one has to do to renounce their citizen citizenship and and what can you do it here because if so good question I, I would like to know according to this story uh, the united states again has a bunch of people living abroad approximately 6.3 million u.s citizens so-called living abroad are now bracing for what they describe as an even tougher process of reporting their income and foreign yes. accounts to the irs for them their deadline is june so uh yesterday was the deadline for the average uh, so-called citizen in this country but if you live outside of the country you actually get extra time because apparently it's that much more difficult also you don't have to report income above eighty thousand so if outside you, the country outside the country so you know if you make less than eighty thousand then you don't have to report but you don't have to you don't have to to report in this country if you make less than like 14,000 or some number like that. By the way, check with your a tax mm-hmm. a, I am not tax, a tax advisor. Not, That's right. I'm this not is not tax. legal advice. The National Taxpayer Advocates Office, part of the IRS, released a report in December that details the difficulties of filing taxes from overseas. It cites heavy paperwork, a lack of online filing options, and a dearth of local and foreign language resources. For those wishing to legally escape the filing requirements, the only way is to formally renounce U.S. citizenship. Last year, IRS records showed that at least 1,788 people did, and that's likely an underestimate. The IRS publishes in the Federal Register the names of those who give up their citizenship, and some who renounced say they haven't yet seen their name on that list. The State Department says records it keeps differ from those published by the IRS. They indicate their renunciations have remained steady at about 1,100 each year, according to an official. So apparently uh, two completely different government (laughs) bureaucracies have two completely different ideas about who has renounced their citizenship, which makes you wonder how effective it is to bother. Just wait until you go to the DMV. 
as far as uh, what? Because they won't have the matching records either. Oh, right. Yeah. They These people don't know anything. I mean, they're so conf- they're all just so confused. There's so much misinformation out there. I, I got my criminal record uh, the other day in discovery for the trespass case that I'm facing here in Keene. They have me listed as found guilty for things I was found not guilty on. Do you remember last year when I got uh, sent to jail for uh, 60 days? Well, I was for found not guilty on one of those two charges, arrest. the resisting arrest charge. It says I was found guilty. Yeah. How do, How do you, you do that? How, right. right. How do you go about correcting that? What's that going to take me? I mean, if I if I wanted to correct it, I don't know if I really care. But if I wanted <laughs> to, it just goes to show. Would it just be satisfying enough to walk up to the clerk to find out who was responsible for this clerical error? Because well, I, I would walk up to the clerk if I could go to the courthouse, but I'm banned from the courthouse. Right. So I have no idea how to go about correcting this uh, this problem. I think it's the NCIS, which is the national system oh, or NCIC. whatever. NCIC. NCIC. Yeah. But they're going to tell you to go to the local people. Right. right. You know they are. Yeah. Right. So I don't know what to do about that. Anyway, uh, so just to give you an example of how just screwed up these people are. Oh, and there's also an exit tax for the very rich who choose to leave, okay. according to the piece here. During- there's an exit tax for everybody, but... Even um, when you die. During the last 25 years, a number of millionaires and billionaires have renounced their citizenship. Uh, among them, the late founder of the Carnival Cruises and a former Ford, Ford Motor Company director. But those more, of more modest means renounced, too. They say leaving America is about more than money. It's about privacy and red tape. On April 7, 2011, Peter Dunn raised his right hand before a U.S. consular officer in Toronto and swore that he understood the consequences of giving up his U.S. citizenship. What so I are guess, those consequences? So I guess it is more than just paperwork. They actually had him go and stand in front of some bureaucrat. Right. You have to swear. swear. I mean, what? I mean, <laughs> tell me, who are these people to tell you that you're their citizen? And who are they to make you fill out their paperwork in order to not chase after you around the world? And who are they to get you to sign, you know, raise your right hand and swear to stuff in order to not be called their citizen? Well, now, I don't know if they do that with everybody who renounces. This guy was a U.S. Uh, and Canadian citizen, so he was a dual citizen. So maybe that's one of the reasons he had to do it. But then again, maybe they do do it to everyone. Who knows? 855 Anybody that they can get to do it, I'm sure they do. Right. One eight five five four five zero three seven three three. If you've ever renounced your so-called citizenship, I would love to hear your story. Right here, the consequences of renouncing. Yep, we'll share that in moments. Coming up in hour number three, eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind and take control. This is Free Talk Live. One eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. You are tuned to Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind as we launch here into the third hour of the program. The toll-free number is 1-855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. 
We give you the features on the site, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com, and here with you tonight, it's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. Still to come here, uh, Nemi has discovered some of the consequences of doing a renunciation of your so-called citizenship. For those of you just tuning in, we've been discussing record numbers of Americans are so-called renouncing their citizenship, and I'd like to get into that a little bit further here, but I also want to take your calls about whatever's on your mind. So we'll start with Mike, listening in El Paso, and uh, Mike, it says here, listening on xm but it's i understand it we're not on xm till 10 eastern uh, are we on early tonight no no i just know what time the show uh, airs and i figured i'd call in with my comments gotcha. even though i didn't know what was going on understood <laughs> on itself. not a problem Absolutely. thank you go ahead sir well i wanted to talk about the 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 secret service issue down there in, in uh columbia and uh is this the one with the horse I, I, uh, yeah, possibly. Possibly, okay. yes. <laughs> well, the alleged prostitution. Right. We actually haven't even talked about this on the air yet, so uh, tell me all about it. Go ahead. Well, I, I guess it's just a personal uh, opinion uh, on this, but I think the biggest problem that, that we have here is our this country as a whole, the, the, the United States of America, uh, backwards thinking towards sex. Absolutely. I mean, it's legal in Cartagena. The gentleman involved uh, paid for services that were offered in a legal manner. Um, I don't see what the issue is. Of course, we don't know. I have never heard exactly how this ended up being brought to light that anybody would ever know what happened. I mean, I, I try to listen to the radio all day, every day, being a truck driver, but uh, nobody's ever, I've, I've never been able to figure out why. Uh, we even knew about it to begin with, and even if we did know about it, how it got out into the news media, why it wasn't an internal situation that was taken care of, and, you know, I'd slap the boys on the wrist and say, hey, be good boys, and so go on about So what's, the, about what's the rundown? I mean, for, for those of us who don't know much about the case, I've seen the headlines, I looked briefly at it, but uh, honestly, I haven't had a chance to really dig into it. So this guy hired a prostitute on his off time, or was he on duty? Well, he was on his off time, although some people were arguing that since he was out, stationed out of country, he was on duty 24-7. Oh, <laughs> he was, you know, But that he, he was, was sleeping on, on duty. Time. Right. Yeah, and, and, and from it, the best I can figure out is, is either there was a dispute with one of the ladies in question over the fee, or there was a dispute with the hotel wanting to charge for an extra guest because she spent the night and did not leave like mm-hmm. is customary. Uh, it, that's the best I, I've, I've heard. Nobody okay. has ever nailed it down yet. And, and, I, and I guess I just look at it as um, I, I, I live right across the river from what is Mexico where prostitution is legal in the brothel. You know, and nobody would think any, um, you know, nobody thinks anything of it in that culture. You know, we, I don't want my daughter to grow up to go do that, uh, but it's her body, and if she chooses to do that, that's that's her issue, uh, you know. Uh, You're not going to be happy, uh, but that's going to be what it is. Yeah, I'm not going to be happy, but I'm going to love her anyway. Would, and would you, I mean, it would, is. is it worse, by the way, just a question, is it worse uh, from the perspective of your you know, being a dad and looking at that, uh, is it worse if your daughter grows up and uh, turns tricks for a living or if she's just, you know, letting anybody screw her for free? Um, to me, 
just letting anybody screw her for free. Okay. I mean, you, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's sitting on a gold mine. She might. She might <laughs> if she's going to wow. give it away. You know what I'm there you go. <laughs> uh, I agree yeah, no, completely I mean, with that uh, perspective. So I see where you're coming from, and I agree that uh, the United States people, the people here, are very repressed sexually. They are, and you know, I'll admit to you know being victim of uh, of this as well. Uh, you know, my parents held me. They made me go down the hallway when the sex scenes would come on uh, during movies that uh, we were watching together as a family. And of course, that just made me more curious for what was actually going on there. But uh, the, there's all kinds of examples of how the more repressed somebody is sexually, the more bizarre their interests become or can become. There's evidence. Uh, as far as sexuality is concerned, the the more they try to hide it and therefore the more uh, it, it tends to devi- uh, be, become deviated. And so we're, that's what we're seeing here. And we talked a little bit earlier about this, uh, where this, the Hustler Club truck is uh, going around San Francisco and upsetting people because it's got women in the back uh, who are dancing, and it's got women uh, that are pictured on the truck as well. They're not naked, but they uh, do, you know, have bikinis and lingerie on and things like that. And you know, the idea is that this is bad; that uh, women being somewhat naked are bad, or even naked women are bad, or naked men bad, and uh, sex certainly bad. We couldn't be possibly talking to our kids about sex and how it could be good if done responsibly. No. No, we want to make sure that they know it shouldn't be done at all because kids listen to that. Yeah, that you works. know when you tell them not to do things. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I mean, I know I know the abstinence program worked really well when I was in high school. Did really it really well? Right, is that tongue in cheek? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's tongue firmly planted in yeah. cheek because uh, I mean, uh, I I think my girlfriend was the only one that didn't want to give it up so i, I dumped her and went with somebody else yeah, that's right kids to listen to the program just ignore <laughs> all of the the uh the all of the hormones rushing through your system ignore the hundreds upon hundreds of years of uh programming the you know the instincts that you've been given by birth just ignore all that kids and whatever you do don't experiment sexually that'll work yeah, I know it, it, it works wonderful. Yeah, right. But uh, now that I know about that hustler truck. I might talk to my dispatcher about a load to San Francisco. Sounds like fun. <laughs> Thanks for the call tonight, Mike. I appreciate hearing from you, sir. 855-450-FREE. SACL CAI toll-free line. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the, the news, the cable news networks are getting all in a tizzy about this uh, Secret Service thing. And it's, a, it's amazing how pious these people can be. I, oh yeah, the the news anchors as though they're not having sex. It, it, I, yes, as as if they're not. Um, you know, <laughs> and I I just don't understand. I I I just don't understand. I guess it's because personally, I just can't understand why this man would be having sex. I am frigid, and that's the way everyone should be. <laughs> the, the women that were on there that were oh, talking Lord. about it were just making a big hullabaloo, and you know, I mean, maybe it's because they don't have to pay for it. Mm, Are we yeah, back to not it. having to pay for it again, Mark? What's that? Right back to not having to pay for it. Well, the the fact is that there's most a, women don't have to pay for most, sex. Most yes. women don't have to pay don't for sex. have to. Pretty much not. The the the, the uh, heterosexual gigolo is pretty much a myth. <laughs> pretty much. One eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can uh, take control of the airwaves here and. 
when any of this will change, boy, I don't know. I mean, obviously, uh, prostitution is legal out in Nevada and a lot of a lot of Nevada, not all of there, a couple of places where it's restricted, uh, but it's legal there, and there's it's a whole different world because they can do things a lot safer there. Would it also be bad? I guess it would be bad if he went to Nevada and had sex with a prostitute there too, right? The whole idea is that you know these are our law enforcers and they are better that human beings. Might than everyone be else. really what the issue is. It well, might be. right, we had the cop get in trouble for masturbating in his car the other day yeah but that cop was was pretty creepy all along i mean you know he He wasn't a good cop you're right but he got fired for masturbating not for doing anything else that he did wrong and uh and then there was the other cop that got fired he actually got fired for talking while masturbating because uh you know his uh um, talking to the imaginary individual is there and the the cam was in the in-car cam wasn't on him so they had to listen to his oh Oh, god really i missed the show yeah oh the the quote was something like oh "Oh, yeah your boobs are so big or something like (laughs) something really lame And then there's the other cop been like a you know just some kind of noise at the end there. What sort sort of idiot does that on company time when he knows there's a cam going? Well, we know they don't hire the best and the brightest police departments. There is an IQ ceiling for for police for for some police departments. Not all of them. Uh, There are some police departments where they won't hire you if you're a genius. Eight five five four fifty free. SACL CAI toll free line. And don't forget the cop. That's, to me, one of the most outrageous ones is the police department that fired a cop who was, by all accounts, a good cop for mowing the lawn in his underwear. It, because there's some sort of sexual thing they think that's attached to that. Well, was it a Speedo? No, it was um, a boxer, be- boxer briefs. Really? I think to yeah. some extent it is a thumbing of one's nose at sort of social conventions. All right, there's more coming up here. 855 453. You take control. Free talk live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Here tonight with you, it's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. We invite you on over to our website. You can enjoy the features that await you there, including listening options. Maybe you'd like to tune in at 3 in the morning? Well, you can do that because we've got live streams around the clock, 24-7. The latest episode of Free Talk Live is airing in broadband, mid-band, and narrow-band formats. So different size streams for different size internet connections. Find one that works well for you uh, over at listen.freetalklive.com and learn about the other listening options you have, like over 100 great radio stations across the country, the satellite listening options, including XM Satellite Radio, as well as our free-to-air KU band channel, the webcam, and the listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance over at listen.freetalklive.com. If you're interested in getting some precious metals, whether it's gold or silver, whatever it might be, uh, we've teamed up with Midas Resources in order to offer you some of the best rates you're going to be able to get from an online retailer uh, regarding precious metals. Go to gold.freetalklive.com. Check the coins and pieces that we have over there uh, in gold and silver and uh, you know, make your choices. Uh, you know, Do you want to go with one of these ones that cost more or do you want to go with gold.freetalklive.com? When you go with gold.freetalklive.com, you help free 
Talk Live in the process. It's gold.freetalklive.com. All right, so 855-450-FREE, again, is the number here. We continue uh, with you and your phone calls, then more about people withdrawing their citizenship in record numbers. But first, Ryan is on the line in Tampa. Ryan, you're on Free Talk Live with the Nemi and Mark. Hey, how's it going? Great. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, I was just calling about, like, uh, how hard it is to get people to go with the Liberty Mind perspective. And in particular... My girlfriend. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. They're always the hardest. So I have this idea in the back of my mind that one day when we're married and old and stuff that I will have conver- converted her to thinking free. <clears throat> but uh, it just seems like every time I bring up something of a liberty mind perspective, she is totally stuck in the indoctrinated ways that you know everybody grows up with. Can you and see for, yourself getting old with a person who uh, doesn't understand the ideas of liberty? Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't let <clears throat> the ideas of my political beliefs or religion keep me from being with somebody that I enjoy to be around. Okay, but, that's uh, good. I don't know I, if I could handle it personally. I really it don't. Is, it is rough at times. For example, <clears throat> the, what made me want to bring it up is... Uh, we are discussed. I just happened to think of uh, property rights the other day, and I just brought. I had heard of a long time ago some guy that apparently makes a living by going around to restaurants and suing them for not having wheelchair access. That's right, and it's not uncommon actually because the way the Americans with Disabilities Act is set up, it's intended to be enforced in this fashion. Instead of having a bureaucracy, and frankly, there's some value to it if you think about it from a libertarian's perspective. Some value. I'm not saying it's good. But I think it's totally not re- let libertarian. Me, let it's me listen so- listen to what I have to say though. They don't have a bureau- they did not set up a bureaucracy to enforce the American with Disabilities Act. They made it sort of self-enforcing that uh, that people with disabilities could, you know, sue people in order to get these things enforced, which I suppose ha- you know, A doesn't involve the area of the criminality and B doesn't make the average taxpayer have to pay for this bureaucracy. brought this up with her and she was like good i think i'm glad he goes around and sues these people every restaurant should have wheelchair access and i tried to explain to her not well not every restaurant can afford to flush down put down ten fifteen thousand dollars to modify the structure of their building to put wheelchair access in or maybe like like i believe that uh private property owner has the right to discriminate maybe i don't want people in wheelchairs in my restaurant i know that sounds cold but <laughs> i don't know i just that's the way i feel if you, you can't force people to do that and she's like well then they shouldn't be able to open up a restaurant then and i'm like now this is only on new construction right because i can think of places in Keene, new hampshire that do true. not have wheelchair ramps for for restaurants well, we should go up there and sue them oh god and that's I, I believe that that's how it, some friends. That's the enforcement uh, process would go. And by the way, think about for a second the restaurant that 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 eclectic restaurant that's down in the basement and has been there for two hundred yeah. years. The, the Cheers kind of setup. How would a wheelchair get into Cheers? Can't do it. Can't get into Cheers. We've got elevator. a elevator. Sh- 
cheers install an elevator. down. We, yeah, right. We, we've got to put Retrofit an elevator. Retrofit the building for half a million dollars. Right where Norm sits in order to be able to get down, you know, a freight elevator in order to get uh, people with wheelchairs down there. Cheers and Beacon Hill is wheelchair accessible. I understand. That's the, the, the cock and the something. The, the, I can't remember what the name of the, the restaurant that Cheers was based after. I oh, no I don't remember. Idea. Don't care, really. So, uh, Ryan, so you've tried to explain these things, and she's just, she don't care, huh? Well, I, I tried to explain. I, I I took a pause from, like, how I explained it to, to her, and I tried to regroup my thoughts. And then I tried to explain to her that in a free market where there's co- competition, uh, a place that doesn't, that openly says, yeah, we're not going to serve people with wheelchairs, if that was truly a bad business motto, then eventually that restaurant would lose business. And, like, if you openly discriminate against a certain people, like, oh, we don't allow Spanish people to come in here, and the word gets out in restaurant reviews that, yeah, right. I think that's true. Yeah, they and, discriminate against people, so you probably shouldn't. You probably don't want to do business there. And I don't think people that have stairs uh, going up to their restaurant are discriminating on purpose. They're just that's just the property they have. Like I said, down here in downtown Keene, uh, these buildings are ancient. I mean, they're eighteen hundreds, seventeen hundreds. These are really old buildings. There's no way to put uh, wheelchair ramps in. Uh, you know, it's just not possible the way. Th- things are set up and so i mean if you were to wheelchair yourself on up to one of these restaurants and sit outside somebody would probably come out and you know offer to lift you up over the chair you know lift the chair or something like that they'd probably try to figure out a way to get you in there if they possibly could because i think they do want your business it's just that uh it's just not worth it for them to retrofit i mean sorry (laughs) i I tried explaining it in these terms and uh even then she was like her the last comment she, I think she made it was like, well, well, you, aren't you just glad you're not one of those people in the wheelchair? And I am. And, like, you know, right. I do. I do appreciate uh, being able to be mobile and, and not having to be in a wheelchair. Thank goodness I don't. And and it's terrible that some people do. Uh, and so I, I can empathize with why somebody would would see it that way. Like, you know, these people, uh, they didn't ask for this. They didn't ask to uh, to have this lifestyle and things should be as easy as possible for someone in those situ- in that situation. But the problem where we would come to disagreement would be that I don't believe in force. I don't believe that force solves problems. And I think that's what you probably tried to explain to her uh it's just it's sometimes convincing loved ones or leading them in the right direction or planting even planting seeds with loved ones is the most difficult thing that you can do and i'm sorry i've had i've had good luck um helping people find the way of liberty by making them setting them up to find I think that it's their own idea rather than telling them. Yeah, that's what works. Yeah, that's the trick. It's tricky, though, right? It, it is tricky, and I mean, it's it's time what, time consuming. Called, uh, but it's you sound like you're idea. kind of partial to the girl. So if you want to keep her, Definitely, try a different tactic. Uh, well, I'd recommend going and uh, checking out Michael Cloud's book. Uh, it's called Secrets of Libertarian Persuasion, and he offers a lot of different tactics and techniques to make your communications better. Thanks. More coming up. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free, 855-453, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website. 
over at freetalklive.com. We have lots of features that await you there. Uh, freetalklive.com is where you can go. And you can enjoy whatever you find there, including the bulletin board system, which allows you to get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners. It's our message forum at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Coming up in just about two months from now, actually. Uh, the 18th of June is when it begins, and the uh, 24th is when it ends. I'm talking about the Porcupine Freedom Festival, the 2012 edition. Free Talk Live will be broadcasting live from Porkfest 2012. And if at all you can make it, even if it's just for the weekend, but come for the whole week if you can, because it's great full week experience. Uh, but if you can only make it up for a few days, come up for those. It's a blast to be around hundreds of other like-minded, liberty-oriented people. In fact, I believe there were over a thousand people that attended the last Porcupine Freedom Festival. It just keeps getting bigger and better every single year. Everything from underground, uh, well, actually out in the open, but unlicensed uh, services of uh, quite a number of different types are available. Food service that nobody has permission from the government for to create. That stuff's there. That's really cool to experience. Uh, people are paying in alternative currencies. A lot of the vendors accept silver and other alternative uh, payments. There's uh, musical acts. There's comedy. There's you know family games. All kinds of fun stuff. Stuff for teenagers and singles and couples and families. It's just a blast. Go to Porkfest.com to learn more about it. Get registered. P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T.com. That's Porkfest.com to uh, get on board we'll look forward to seeing you there uh i mean it's getting so close i'm gonna have to start reviewing my camp list to make sure i've got everything make sure i don't have to order any last minute stuff I mean, two, two months it's going to be here before you know it uh p-o-r-c-f-e-s-t dot com so we'll continue we'll take your calls about what you want also we've been talking about people deciding to call it quits on this whole u.s citizenship thing according to the irs the amount of people that renounced their citizen so-called citizenship in 2011 was way more eight times higher than the amount that renounced in 2008 more than the total for 08 09 and 07 all combined and many of them are saying their reasons for going tax reasons it's a lot more difficult to file taxes if you leave the country. And so many of these people who've left for various different reasons are just like, screw this. I'm just going to call it quits. Why bother? What are we getting out of this? Yeah, I already live in a different country. Right. So, uh, And by the way, the, the records differ. The IRS has records of who has uh, renounced citizenship, as does a different bureaucracy, the uh, State Department. And their records are off by approximately 600 names. So, and the, it's, there's 1,788 according to the IRS, 1,100 so like according to the State So, a third of them Department. are unreported. Right. The, and then some people say that even that list is too small because they've renounced their um, citizenship and they're not on the list. So, you know, the government, just as efficient as you thought it was. Now, according to the piece here, the people that are resent, renouncing citizenship have to stand before a consular officer, at least those who are part or half citizen or whatever, that they're dual citizens. Uh, like this Peter, Peter Dunn guy was standing in front of a U.S. consular officer in Toronto who swore he understood the consequences of giving up his U.S. citizenship. That's one of the elements of the two. Um, you I need to go in person to an embassy or consulate outside the U.S., and sign um, sign a statement before an officer, uh, that, an oath and affirmation that you intend to renounce your citizenship, though there are some exceptions of the, the must-appear um, provision in, in special circumstances. So yeah, everyone must appear even if they're a regular citizen, they're correct. not dual citizen. Got it. Correct. Uh, during the expatriation procedure, the individual must complete several documents and demonstrate in an interview with a consular officer that the renunciation is voluntary and intentional. 
Depending on the embassy or consulate, the individual is often required to appear in person two times. So, like, one of the things they're going to do is you're going to submit this paperwork, whatever, how much paperwork it uh, takes to withdraw citizenship. And they're going to run a check on your name. And they're going to say, oh, does this guy have any warrants? Uh, let's see. Does he owe us money? Does the IRS think of course that he, he owes us you money? Owe so, if you money. owe them money or there's a warrant out for your arrest, guess what? They're going to arrest you and uh, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. And I've heard that they have uh, IRS agents down in Panama. Panama has become quite this tax haven for pe- retirees uh, from the United States, uh, you know, because of their banking laws or something like that. And they've got the IRS or they used to used to be because of the banking laws. And now they're not so much. I don't know. The uh, the IRS is down there, got undercover officers striking up conversations with expats at bars trying to find mm. out. What these people are doing, finding out information about you. Wow. The United States government is by no means keeps itself uh, restrained to the little circle in the sand that they call their own country. They expect the other countries to do it, but they don't they're not going to do it themselves. So what else are the um, consequences? Uh, Let's see here. So you need to meet with them twice over the course of several months uh, in person. Um, so they're sure that you understand hmm. the consequences. And let me just skip to my other page here. Person who wants to renounce citizenship cannot dis- decide to retain some of the privileges of citizenship, as this would be logically inconsistent with the concept of renunciation. So if you're claiming to renounce all rights and privileges of citizenship while wanting to exercise one of the fundamental rights, namely to travel freely throughout the world and when one wants return to and reside in the United States, you can't do that. Um, well, of course, we all know that's not a right. I mean, it's a privilege. Renouncing, um, let's see. It should be a right to travel to different places where you want to go if they want to have you, but no, that doesn't work that way. According to the U.S. Department of State, unless you already possess a foreign nationality at the time you renounce your citizenship, you may be re- rendered stateless once your formal act of renunciation has been made. Statelessness will, God. statelessness will mean you are not entitled to any support from the U.S. government if you face difficulty overseas. What kind of support are they going to give you anyway? I guess the idea would be they might send the military in to rescue you or something the like that. Consular's office or something. Or negotiate for your release if you're considered yeah, they a don't terrorist with, or, with or something. Terrorists. Right. Yeah. So living in a state of statelessness can also make it difficult to travel as it is harder to apply for a passport. Sure. Well, who you, to whom are you going to pr- uh, apply for a passport? Right. And my understanding is... It must be is, possible, right? Once you renounce your citizenship, it is much more difficult to get it back oh, if yes. you decide later on that you, you actually want to. Um, so, let's see. So yeah, That's about all I have here. Okay, so you become a stateless uh, person if you renounce before becoming a citizen of another uh, state. I, I find that to be fascinating. What happens to that person? How how does that how does that work exactly? That that person, uh, you know, has the right to live in a land on land that isn't claimed by states, which is nowhere, pretty much. So what happens to that person? I mean, what, what 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 is Erickson what is Council life like at ericksoncouncil dot com? <laughs> That's cool, Mark, but unfortunately it doesn't exist yet. Not yet. Uh, so what happens to somebody who has already done this? Who is Some places will give you a passport for people that are uh, you know, red- residents and that kind of thing. 
for people that are residents. Yeah, for people that are legal residents as opposed to uh, citizens. And if you renounce your citizenship and stay in the United States, can you be deported? And if you're, if so, where do you go? Good question. I don't even know that they would let you renounce your citizenship while you're in the United States. And they're 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 pretty much pointing to that on on the Department of State website. Right. I mean, do they take you straight from the consulate to the airport and say toodaloo, toodaloo, bye? I mean, what happens at point, then? At that point, you're an illegal alien. So if you wish to retain some of the privileges of citizenship, so that would be to travel freely or to reside here. Because it um, feels so free when you travel. Well, I mean, right. it's nice to it's visit cer- the parents, eh. you know? It certainly does. So this would be, as, as it says, it would be logically inconsistent with the concept of renunciation. Thus, such a person can be said to lack a full understanding of renouncing citizenship and or lack the necessary intent to re- renounce citizenship. And the Department of State will not approve a loss of citizenship in such instances. So you have to have an approval. You don't get to go unless master says you can. That's right. Now, that's the first part. The second part is you get to square up with the IRS. Right. So you need to provide your last five years of... Taxes and they don't have the IRS doesn't have your last five no, years. Oh, so you've got to do all the work. You also have um, you also have an exit fee. Yep, how that much you need to pay? Um, the exit fee can vary. It depends, uh, yeah. on, it depends on, on your income, income <laughs> and what you owned. But there is also as of just two years ago, a year and a half ago, July 2010, there's a four hundred and fifty dollar filing fee. It used to Lovely. be free to to become an expatriate. So if you're poor, too bad you don't get to leave. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up what's on your mind. Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our more than 100 radio stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. Just enough time remaining for you and your thoughts. If you dial in now, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that await you there. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com here with you tonight. It's Ian. Nami. And Mark. Uh, We've been talking about people withdrawing their so-called citizenship which, of course, I don't really believe in, but the government guys certainly believe in it. You shouldn't believe in it either because it's just nonsense. I mean, the definition of citizen is one who owes a duty of allegiance in return for an obligation of protection. Go ahead. Look it up. And the uh, fact is they don't owe you any protection yep. at the all. The Supreme Court has ruled many times they don't owe you any protection at all. So I'd like You're to- not a citizen. I mean, not by their own definitions. Right. I mean, there's a lot of forms that they make you fill out where you have to check some box saying that you're a citizen, mm-hmm. but you're essentially being coerced into it. I mean, you can't not check those boxes or they're going to possibly put you in a jail cell. Right. So just because you if- say you're a citizen doesn't mean you're a citizen. What if they renamed Surf Citizen and didn't give you any of the rights of citizenship? What if- I mean, already they make you pay in order to become not a citizen anymore. So, you know, sounds to me like the way that slaves had to pay for their freedom since there were slaves. 
I mean, people have always been buying slaves' freedom. It's their property. And so if you have to give them money in order to not be their citizen anymore, tell me. How is this not – you're not their property. I think the New Hampshire Constitution is very revealing in that it actually calls people subjects. Right there in the Bill of So-Called Rights. They often, uh, you know, previously, they, don't, they never do it anymore, but previously in treaties and, and things like that, they would often refer to the subjects of the United States. Go, listen to, the, go listen to your local police scanner. They'll call people subjects. So I uh, just have to listen for it. Uh, let me get back into the story here. The original piece from Reuters is talking about record numbers of people are withdrawing citizenship, and a lot of it's over taxes. Now, there's a dual citizen, uh, Peter Dunn, from Toronto, who had uh, stood in a, in a consulate's office and renounced his uh, – swore that he understood the consequences of giving up his so-called citizenship. As an American, uh, he felt that it had become more of a liability than a privilege. He said he had to file tax returns and report all of his bank accounts, including joint accounts, and his Canadian retirement fund. If he didn't, he would be breaking U.S. law and could face penalties of up to $100,000 or 50% of his undeclared accounts, whichever is larger. Dunn says he was tired of tracking IRS policy changes and he had no intention of returning to the United States. Right, because the IRS isn't going to—they're not going to send you an update and tell you all the new new rule changes they've had to their system. They're just going to change their rules, and if you if you misfile, then do you get a nastygram in the mail? Yeah. yeah. So he had no intention of returning to the U.S. Renouncing his citizenship, as he puts it, was a no-brainer. He says if it was just me, then it would be one thing. Uh, but he says that having to share information with the IRS would deter future business partners and upset his wife, who's Canadian. He says, disclosing joint accounts I hold with my wife and anyone I ever want to do business with, that's just too much. My wife's account is none of their business. Now, Dunn blogs about expatriation, and he takes issue with being characterized as a tax evader. He says the taxes he pays in Canada are higher than what he'd pay in the U.S., and he says he always had complied with the IRS before renouncing. But the IRS approach to enforcing compliance is misguided, he says, and it's making life difficult for a lot of people. He says it's driving us away. Also, um, there are people like young people. Can you imagine being a young uh, you know, Canadian and growing up with dual citizenship, you go get your first job, you file all your Canadian taxes and do all the things that one has to do in Canada. And then you're not thinking about the United States at all. But as a dual citizen over the age of 18, you're responsible for paying taxes over there. And they've gone after young people. Now, I don't understand why they would be going after them if they haven't made the $80,000 a year mark, but I'm not a tax attorney. I don't know what all the specifics are, but I do know some of the stories I've read, and I do know they've gone after people. So there are a number of, uh, I guess according to this this piece here, Dunn is referring to two filing requirements that affect Americans abroad, the Report of Foreign Bank and Financial Accounts and the Foreign Account Tax Compliance Act passed in 2010 with the aim of reducing so-called offshore tax evasion. The first regulation requires all Americans living abroad with at least $10,000 in overseas bank accounts to file a supplementary form disclosing all of their foreign accounts, which includes any accounts in which the U.S. citizen has a financial interest, including could include joint accounts or a spouse with a child, uh, corporations in which the American owns more than 50% or any trust or estate that benefits the citizen. The Tax Compliance Act asks foreign institutions such as – do you think it just asks yeah. – <laughs> uh, foreign institutions such as banks, hedge funds, and private equity funds to provide the IRS with information on their U.S. clients. They shut down a Swiss bank that had never – had an American branch just because they didn't want to play ball with the United States mm. – with the IRS. 
They shut them down. They went in and shut them down. They threatened, uh, they threatened them to the point that they, I believe the Swiss government shut them down. It's crazy. The U.S. and five European Union countries recently announced their intent to allow institutions to report the information through their own governments rather than directly to the IRS. They, those that do not comply will be subject to a 30% withholding tax on certain U.S. sourced payments and proceeds of property sales beginning in 2013. So uh, some expatriates say they were unaware of the, this regulation for years and even decades. In 2008, the IRS received only 218 thousand such filings and again there was six something million of these people 6.1 million americans living abroad american nationality law grants citizenship to almost everyone born in the u.s or born abroad regardless of how much time they've spent in the u.s many may not even know the extent by the way (laughs) if you're forced to pay the money it's not granting you citizenship they're pointing out here that many may not even know that they're a u.s citizen yeah indeed in 2004, the stakes from noncompliance rose. Failure to file meant potential fines and criminal charges. Americans abroad can be punished for noncompliance even if they owed no income tax. And IRS data show that most of them don't actually owe money. Income of up to $95,000 isn't taxed under a rule called the Foreign Earned Income Exclusion. I thought it was 80. Maybe it's, I guess it's gone up. In 2009, the income cap was 91,488% of all taxpayers claiming to be claiming the foreign earned income exclusion owed nothing. Since 2008, the IRS has offered several voluntary disclosure grace periods during which expatriates can file back taxes without facing criminal charges. But, but they don't the even pun- necessarily know. How are you going to know? You're living your life in Prague, mm-hmm. drinking uh, strong coffee and smoking cigarettes on the, uh, the main street there. And what do you know about what the United States is doing as far as their tax code? You have no idea. I mean, and these that's are what just they're saying. These they're saying, saying it's your responsibility. You have to know what all the laws are. You have to know what all the changes to the laws are. You have to comprehend them and be able to follow them. It's insane to think that's even a possibility. Why don't they just leave these people alone? I couldn't even understand the 1040 form. Why in the world <laughs> do they demand that U.S. citizens living abroad file their pieces of paper? Obedience. They they say right here that eighty five percent was that the number eighty five percent of them don't owe them any money. Right. They just want paperwork from you. It's crazy. And the Fourteenth Amendment, by the way, I always mention this. Well, the Fourteenth Amendment says that you have the right, uh, you know, to be free from involuntary servitude. What is servitude except having to do work you don't want to do? I mean, uh, why do I have to fill out your paperwork? I am not your indentured accountant, people. Mary Louise Serrato, head of the American Citizens Abroad, a nonprofit organization based in Geneva, says many members feel scared about reporting requirements they didn't even know existed. I bet she they says, do. She says their disenchantment is pushing some to renounce. She says that Americans abroad are terrified. We've had people pay tens of thousands of dollars in fines. We've had people pay huge amounts of back taxes. And who knows, by the way, how many of these fines you've got to pay and you don't. You know as well as I do. It's you know Somebody can go magically move numbers around on this piece of paper and you've got to pay more money or less yeah. money or no money. I mean, you know, it's just a matter of knowing the, the incantations and the spell book in order to be able to fill out this piece of paper. She says that uh, they've paid huge amounts of back taxes. Up to this point, we never heard of anyone renouncing, or if they did, they didn't talk about it, says that her group does not advocate renunciation. She says that we're seeing a lot of people speak openly about it and come to us for information. So there's more to the story, but that gives you kind of a brief overview of what it is that's happening out there. Record numbers of people are saying, screw this. 
Why bother anymore? Had enough. Well, you know, I mean, I think a lot of people like me are probably, you know, you, th- you think to yourself, look, I see value in not having to pay the United States taxes. If I want to live abroad, why in the world would I want to pay them this? I mean, I, I, I don't intend to retire in the United States, but what about the parents? I intend to retire the in the Shire. And hopefully by that time we'll have had uh, New Hampshire secede from I this insane. Sincerely hope that's the case. Criminal gang, this criminal enterprise that is uh, in Washington D.C. They offer nothing to you. They just take and they make things worse. They put you in danger. You were talking about Mark how the the military maybe they won't attack you, but they are by attacking other people around the world, increasing the likelihood of somebody else coming and attacking. Indeed. You. So uh, there's no benefit to having the U.S. federal government whatsoever. Anyway, you can go to ShireSociety.com to learn more about the Shire Declaration, which is uh, kind of a personal declaration of independence. You don't have to file it with any government. It's just a personal statement for yourself. Just fill out our paperwork at ShireSociety.com. It's online. It's not even real paperwork. All right. See you tomorrow night. Online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as 3 bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right. It's another edition of the Edgington Post. And, uh, you know, of course, it's Mark Edgington with you. And today I have with me Charlie Shrim from bitinstant.com. Charlie, you there? I am here. Excellent. Good. Now, uh, yesterday you guys rolled out something new, which sounds uh, – I haven't heard this before, and you're going to have to explain it to me. Somehow or another, you can transfer money from bitcoins to email? Uh, yes, sir. Okay. We partnered up with um, Iris company, Coinapult, and now you don't even need a bitcoin address. You just come onto our website, type in your email address, and you'll get an email with redemption instructions for your bitcoins. And a little more information on how to use it and, and where to go from there, making it a little bit simpler for the new guy. So this is a way for me to essentially send money to, say, somebody who's uh, done some work for me that I want to compensate in some way, shape, or form. And I, so I send them the money in, in the form of bitcoins, which is uh, what, an internet currency. And Mm -hmm. it goes directly to their email. So they don't have to have set up a Bitcoin wallet in order to receive the money and then send me the wallet address. They just, I just have their email and I just send it to them. Yes, exactly. And then on the, in the email, it explains, um, some wallet options and where your vendor or customer can go from there. So the, um, uh, what's the cost for something like that? Is that, uh, is there a cost? Usual cost. What's that? Usual cost that we have uh, anywhere between 1% to 4.5%. 1% to 4.5%. And that would be paid by the person who received the money? Who sent the money. Who sent the money. Okay, great. Um, so then the – so does it arrive in the email in the form of cash then or in the form of bitcoins? It arrives in, in the email in the form of bitcoins. Got it. When you go to our, our website, you can enter in the amount of cash that you want to send and it will tell you the – in in USD in dollars, and it'll tell you the dollar equivalent to what you're sent to what the customer will, will receive, okay. and the Bitcoin equivalent that the customer will receive. So you'll know all the fees will be laid out for you, and you'll be able to see exactly how much you're getting. Excellent. So um, in some cases, this is uh, you know commensurate with the rates that one would pay with the major online money changer folks, and in some cases, it's significantly lower because four percent. More than half off. 
more than half off in the case of the one percent or the the four percent seems like that's about what even you're... the four percent really okay how much does Western Union charge? I think about eight percent. MoneyGram has a minimum of fifteen dollar fee. I was just thinking PayPal. You know, send them from one place to another, and that's usually like three percent, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Of course, it's dealing with Satan, but you know, nonetheless. Yeah, but then don't forget you have to pay to get your money into PayPal. And there's a thirty day wait period or whatever it is, and you have to get your money out of PayPal. And then there's the, the risk of the customer charging back. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I've, I so far I, you know, knock on whatever I've got to knock on. I haven't had trouble with PayPal, but I've heard story after story after story of people where this has happened. And I'm not just talking about a transaction. I'm talking about tens of thousands of dollars being frozen in an account for as long as they want to freeze it, and they don't provide a telephone number for you to call. Yeah, they don't. And you're talking to someone who has about fifteen thousand dollars held in PayPal for another 180 days. God, what's their excuse? Their excuse is that even though they gave us their full blessing for working with them, and we have a letter from a high-up exec they decided last minute after we had started doing business with them, that, oh, we don't like your business anymore. Now we're going to hold your your money. And I'm not going to go and pay legal fees now to fight them because it's going to cost me the same amount. And they're this big brother or, you know, David versus Goliath, and there's nothing I can do. They're just bullying everyone into it. Right. And uh, I remember the bit instant was initially when you guys rolled out, you're going to be doing business with PayPal, which was a huge selling point because a lot of people do business with PayPal. But since they've become this, I, I'm, they're not a, they're not a monopoly, but they're they're They have a huge market share since they have yeah, this they huge do. market share. They've grown unresponsive to customers and what their needs and desires are. We've been using them for over 10 years in my retail business. And we're very happy with them. We know everyone high up there, and, and we never had any issues. And even this was out of my, my representative's hands. She said this came from the top. There was nothing she can do about it. Hmm. And I believe her. But what am I supposed to do at this point? At the time, it was a major selling point, but we've moved past it. Sure. And right now, we're, we, we have a new business model and system that essentially cuts them out of the picture. So I'm actually glad that they don't do business with us, because now that 3%, I would be paying them. It's in my pocket. It's a good thing. So, um, tell people real quick what bitcoins are. The, you know the the, the one the thirty second elev- elevator speech. <laughs> Bitcoin is a decentralized virtual currency that's not controlled by anyone, but it is publicly logged, so all transactions are there. It's um, if you can hack into the Bitcoin infrastructure, then you can hack into the banking infrastructure. That's how safe and secure it is, and you're able to send money worldwide for for nothing. And yeah, it's my understand that, uh, standing that Bitcoin's used some level of uh, cryptography that was uh, so high that that nothing at this nothing they predicted for the next you know ten years was ever going to be able to break it. And if something is able to break that, then they'll just upgrade to another one at some point. That's the beauty of it. It's open source, you know. So it's constantly being worked on. There there are new updates that come out of the Bitcoin infrastructure every month or so, and it trails behind the the banking software. So if someone who has the ability to hack into it, why would they hack into Bitcoin that's only worth a couple hundred million dollars when they can easily hack into a, a you know, Citibank or Chase and get billions of dollars? And, uh, you know, I'm I'm not going to claim to understand Bitcoin very thoroughly or anything like that. I don't go on to the forums and talk to people about it and obsess about it in the way that uh, some folks do. But I can <laughs> say that some of the smartest people I know are really into bitcoins and they believe that this is 
This is it. This is the world changing idea that we needed to have. Mm. There are a lot of people that really, really, really believe that this is going to replace a dollar and that this is the next wave of, of currency. And because don't forget the dollars didn't exist forever and they probably won't exist forever. If this is what's going to replace it or go after it, I personally don't know, but nothing's indefinite. And I personally believe that right now that Bitcoin would work alongside the dollar and every fiat currency really well. Indeed. I mean, I, you know, I think that there's at this point, there's, you know, there's no reason for a business to not take Bitcoins. Um, you know they're relatively easy to take, as I understand it. There are uh, there, there are companies out there that will, uh, you know, set your website up free of charge to take bitcoins, and then they take some kind of very small transaction fee, smaller than the credit card transactors would take. So you know why not set up so that you accept bitcoins? Well, more than that, if you think about it like this. Um, these companies that are selling, let's just say, a $5,000 digital camera or professional uh, photography equipment, uh, MacBook Pro for $1,500, they're paying a minimum of 2 to 3% just on credit card fees. We're in talks with major companies that are saying, hey, we'll accept Bitcoin and offer a customer a $50 discount if they're willing to pay for it. Because if we accept Bitcoin, it's no charge to us. Right. And we have no risk of chargeback, which we assign a dollar value to when it's worth for us. So. If you did say that you were going to give somebody a discount for using a particular currency, would that go okay? Because I've heard uh, that the credit card companies really hate it when, for instance, uh, the service stations will offer one price for credit card, one price for cash. I'm not sure of the legalities of that even. I've heard that that's illegal to make it cheaper for, for cash and credit, but I see guys at gas stations do it all the time. I have seen a few I gas wonder. stations do it even recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even as, as recent as last week. I, you know, it's funny that you mentioned it because I said to myself, I thought this was illegal. Um, but back to your question, my question to you back is what can the credit card companies do about it? I don't know. <laughs> I, they, those people <laughs> petrify me, frankly. Um, they do. You know. They're very scary. I'm <laughs> really terrified because uh, this Monday I'm speaking at the Future of Money and Technology Summit in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and there are people from Swift, American Express, I'm going to be presenting Bitcoin there, and I'm just, like, terrified of, like, getting assassinated or something. <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the, the even even if they just decide to cut you off, in most cases, most businesses are accepting Bitcoins, you know, maybe 5% of their business. The ones that are accepting it are maybe getting 5% of their business in Bitcoins. And it's nice to get an extra 5% of business because, you know, For people... Sure. people um, People who like bitcoins are obsessive about bitcoins, and they want to spend their bitcoins. But exactly the um, on the other side of that, if you lose the credit card companies, that's ninety five percent of your business. So if they decide they're taking bitcoins, we'll teach them. And I, I mean, you know, I, the, at this point, they're scary folks to me. You know, I haven't seen a, a credit card company even threaten that. Good, but um, now that you're saying it, it it's possible. And I wonder, I wonder how that would even go in the media, how, if that would look bad on, on the credit card companies, if that was bad on Bitcoin. So hey, we'll wait and see if that happens. No, no major retailer has adopted Bitcoin, but let, let me just ask you, if, if Amazon decided tomorrow to accept Bitcoin, I don't think the credit card companies can say we're not, we're not going to work with Amazon anymore because that's a lot of their business. Yeah, oh yeah. The major retailer like Amazon would really just, you know, set Bitcoin in motion. But there's been, you speaking of press, there's been a lot of good press around Bitcoins. Yeah, especially lately. 
especially Reuters wrote a fantastic article about how forex traders who are sitting at Morgan Stanley and and um, all of these um, investment banks and, and foreign exchange brokerage houses, they're sitting there and they're trading Bitcoin on their free time, and they're making a lot more money because you can leverage and, and have a good time, and if you lose, it's not terrible. You don't have to invest so much money in and. Um, someone was asking me, he said, I want to start trading foreign exchange. And I said, wait, before you start actually trading real currencies, buy some Bitcoin and leverage on Bitcoinica and see, get a feel of it, get a feel because you'll lose a little bit less, you can make a little bit more, and it's a lot more of a, of a better understanding because studying Bitcoin, studying the Bitcoin um, economy is like studying the open books of a small country, let's just say. It's like being able to study um, macroeconomics at a microeconomic level, if you get what I mean. Uh, well, I, you know, one thing I know is that when you buy things and sell things from an investment level, and I don't care what it is, whether it's real estate or gold or stocks or, uh, you know, things, uh, commodities, whatever it is that you buy or sell, there's a cost to buying and a cost to selling. But with Bitcoins, as long as you stay in Bitcoins, there's no cost to buying or selling. So you can play the currency exchange and you're just playing the numbers. If you With have 100 money. bitcoins and they go up a, a one bitcoin, then you've got 100 extra bitcoins, right? Is that right? Exactly. So, you know, I mean, there's it just there's th- th- that in and of itself is a really nice thing. Also, if you make money in bitcoins, then until you translate them back to dollars the united states government doesn't even consider them money so uh, yeah what's the deal with the with taxes a lot of people have been have been asking how to declare bitcoin on their tax records is it capital gains is it income is it hobby tax what is it tell them just to find the area where they can make a donation to the government and just make a donation that makes them feel good <laughs> you can do that too but then they'd still ask you for it but the beauty of it too is that um if you're trading in bitcoin you can cash out in your native currency and not have to pay exorbitant fees to like transfer to dollars and then to to whatever currency you're working with. It's, That's right. Bitcoin is is like the the middleman in, between all of the currencies. You can go from from one currency to Bitcoin and then from Bitcoin to the other currency and pay a lot less fees than if you were to use Western Union or if you would use your bank to transfer money if you're going on vacation or on a business trip. So with BitInstant.com, people can trade, can turn in their cash um, and at any, pretty much any major bank in the United States, and you'll give them Bitcoins right away, right? Yeah, to their email address. And or, and or to their wallet? Yeah, uh, we don't work with the wallets directly. Once we pass the, the dollar amount over to Coinapult, then Coinapult's the one who does the currency conversion to Bitcoin. We can't uh, legally engage in currency conversion uh, at this time. I see. Is that is it um, is that considered currency exchange uh, currency conversion? <laughs> see, we don't know. We don't know. And and like another thing was we we were licensed by the federal government as a as an MSB. Do we have to be? Again, I don't know. But I feel like it's better. It's one of those things. It's better to be than not to be because I'd rather be on the good side of the government than on the bad side of sure, sure. the courtroom. Yeah, I don't. I don't <laughs> want those people turned loose on me. They, they scare yeah. me more than the banks do. But we're fully compliant with all the you know laws and regulations when it comes to anti-money laundering and your customer policies. So right. So they you you put the money you turn the money over to Coinapult. So people turn in cash. BitInstant takes it, turns it over to Coinapult. Coinapult sends it, sends it to an email address. Yeah, exactly. Or a wallet. Um, and this was a new feature. 
that we just launched out, our main business is that you're able to deposit cash or however you have your money with, via ACH or anything like that and deposit into one of six exchanges. And most of our trader customers who are trading 30000 40000 a day with us are leveraging their, their positions at all six exchanges and making a lot of money on arbitrage using our software. What's arbitrage? Arbitrage is when you have a, a, a buy and sell price on one exchange mm-hmm. and a different buy and sell price on a different exchange. I see. For example, um, on Mt. Gox, Bitcoin can be selling at 4.8, but on BTCE, it could be selling for 4.6. So if you're able to, if you have balances at both exchanges or you can move your money instantly between the exchanges, then you can actually make money on that 20 cent spread. If you buy like a thousand Bitcoin. And that's what BitInstant.com does, does, moves them instantly? Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. Very so interesting. So instead of having one balance at one exchange, I'm sorry, instead of having six different balances at six different exchanges, you just have one balance with us, and then it's as if you have a balance at every single exchange. Ah, genius. You know, right? I, I wondered about Bit. I, I noticed that there was a, it was fast and easy to move between these exchanges, but I'm like, eh, I can move between those exchanges anytime I want. I just take an address here, I take an address there, but it's the instant aspect. Yeah, exactly. And we're trying to make it easier for everyone in the world to to get Bitcoins. We just signed a big contract. I can't say with who yet, but it'll be released soon. Adding another 700,000 locations in 7-Elevens, Walmarts, all over the country. We have uh, Russian cash deposits uh, in Brazil, Canada. Um, you know, slowly but surely, we'll be able to open up the world to the beauty of that is Bitcoin. You know, and I kind of feel like we saw. Um, so, so Bitcoin has, you know, back in the day, roughed a couple of uh, passages. There was the situation with. Um, I don't remember what the the exchange was, but there's this bank that uh, people could put their uh, mybitcoin.com or something like that. And yeah, and some people learned some security lessons there. I did. I know. And. Secondly, there was the run-up where bitcoins went to almost forty bucks, I think, and then they plummeted down pretty quickly. But yeah. in the process, since then, um, you know, like that could have been the end of Bitcoin. But since then, what we've seen is this real acceptance. It's become this kind of um, this normalized thing where I get the impression it's going to be here for quite some time. Yeah. For sure, yeah, and that's really that's really like great of you to to see that and to to recognize that. It's fantastic. Well, it's very true. What I'm trying to do is uh, you know make people understand. Look, I've got a, a certain amount of my money in bitcoins. What it seems to me is that bitcoins are going to continue to be used as a medium of exchange. If they're continued to use, be used, the the further level of adoption is going to drive up the rate because supply is what supply is, and demand will increase, so therefore the cost... Supply is predicted, exactly. So the cost of Bitcoins will go up. So, you know, if you're looking for something to invest in right now, it's tough to find things to invest in. Yeah. You know, metals, I I believe metals are going to go up, but frankly, they've been kind of languishing over the past few months, and I don't know what that means. the The only reason gold is going up, well, not the only reason, but the major reason gold is going up is because the dollar is losing value. I mean, it's not like there's more gold coming out of the mines in South Africa or there's less gold coming out of the mines. Right. It's just the value of the dollar, the value of the dollar is going down drastically, and the government's printing more money, and inflation's going up. And I mean, you know better than I do what's going on with the economy right now. 
And when you're looking at the stock market, things have not been great there. Um, when you look Absolutely at real not. estate, some people are saying to buy real estate right now, but I am not willing to get into that market um, because of the, the pounding that real estate has taken over the past four or five years. And, you know, if somebody has some money to speculate with, it seems like Bitcoin is a pretty good, pretty good bet. Yeah. And uh, a lot of the investors are all over Bitcoin now and loving the Bitcoin startups. Fred Wilson of Union Square Ventures, he's one of the, the most well-known um, venture capitalists in the country, if not the world. He wrote a, a, a fantastic blog post on his website, avc.com, saying, like, how, how is it that no, not, not enough people are investing in Bitcoin? It's a fantastic thing. And he basically disproved everyone who said that Bitcoin was just a bubble. Because it wasn't. And if you look, Bitcoin, I think, is up by over 114% since just in 2011. Mm. Yep. I mean, you know, in just in 2011, because I remember it was I remember looking at my little app. I've got one on my phone where I can watch Bitcoin and uh, what it's doing. And by the way, it's been doing pretty good today. Um, yeah, with my rally today. Yeah, there was a rally today of like 15 cents or something like that. Yeah, my net worth went up. I was very excited. <laughs> right. And but I remember looking at this thing and seeing 233 at the beginning of the year. And now I'm seeing 514. Well, let me ask you a question. When when someone comes some comes and says to you, look, Bitcoin was a bubble and it and it fell. All you have to do, well, I don't know why I said the next question, but um, a lot of people right before the bubble, it was at about four uh, three ninety, and then it shot up to thirty dollars, like you said. Right. And then it dropped back down to like one cent, but then it recovered within a couple of days, and now it's at five dollars. So yeah, it looks like a bubble if you look at that date range, but if you look at go well, a month before or a year before. Bitcoin is on a consistent, unbelievable growth pattern since its inception in 2007-2009. Yeah, I can understand why somebody, um, you know, why what we would call an irrational human being, which we all are, every single one of us is irrational, would feel <laughs> hurt, you know, butt hurt, scalded by the fact that they put money in and bought Bitcoins at, say, $30, and then they um, ended up going down to three bucks or whatever i can totally see how that person would feel however bitcoins don't have a face or a brain they didn't try to hurt you and you know this this sort of thing happens with commodities people saw the value in it and they and they rallied to it and they drove the price up and this happens their mission statement is empowering women and what they do, they travel around what the is this world. Noise? I'll go on to Kenya, but they have people on the ground in Colombia, Afghanistan. Yeah, I, hear you. I think I've got some bad audio. Hold just a second. The world. And what they do, what we'll be doing in Kenya is working at this girls' school. In okay, sorry about that. I had uh, uh, the wrong button pushed. <laughs> go right ahead, Charlie. <laughs> but if you, um, what was I going to say? If, uh, if it wasn't for the bubble, um, we would never be in business because, like you said, it's the markets. It's so beautiful to see a truly pure and free market actually existing and actually happening. Like you said before, people saw the value in it and it ran up the price. That would never happen as it happens in a, in, a, in, a, in an economy that we live in in, a, in a, the way the way that the government works and everything like that. But it's it's purely free because it's based on just supply, demand, and speculation. And it's really nice to see and it's and it's fun to study how things affect the Bitcoin price and try to predict what's going to happen. And, and just the, the people involved in Bitcoin are just super nice, completely open-minded, 
open to ideas. No one's really like, except for a select few, but it's just an open community that, that wants to take people in. And I'm really, really, really proud and honored to be even part of the Bitcoin community. Yeah, I mean, people that are into bitcoins right now tend to be very excited and evangelical about it. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. Is there a benefit to them to be that way or not be that way? Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. But the fact is that they are, and you know, that's. I, I suppose that's an added advantage if people want to get into it. I personally use it as money, um, and <laughs> you know, I buy things with it. I pay people Thank with you. it, and it's really great. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That's really good that you're using it. Thanks very much for the interview, Charlie. Um, if people need to get, a, you know, want to get involved with BitInstant.com, what do they do? Let's go to the website, and it's so easy from there. It is a relatively easy thing, process to do. I figured it out. Thanks very much. Available now, four new songs from Raja Mojo. Raja Mojo. That's R-A-J-A-M-O-J-O. Raja Mojo. I am Today at Amazon, iTunes, Napster, and at a discount at cdbaby.com.